Yo, Rick Rob. Good morning. Good morning. What's good? Ah, not much, man. Tired, exhausted. It's been a long weekend, but we knew it was coming, though. Yeah, we we had you know assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> we had assumptions, but yeah, it, it it has been pretty long and exhausting, man. A lot of a lot of things happened this weekend, so. I'm still trying to catch up on some sleep, but it's it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely all right, man. Because you know, this past weekend was WrestleMania weekend. You had the Hall of Fame ceremony. Yeah. We had the NXT Takeover, yeah. and we had yeah. WrestleMania. Yeah. So, um, I'd be remiss to say uh, that we kind of missed SuperCard of Honor, but I heard a lot of good things about SuperCard of Honor. So we might. Touch on that just just a little bit. Um, I heard rumors that you know, as far as ranking, uh, NXT Takeover was number one, Ring of Honor was number two, and WrestleMania was number three. But really? yeah, I, I I heard those rumors. I heard that circling around, you know, in the wrestling world. But we're not gonna waste any more time. We're gonna go right into this joint. We're gonna go into the NXT Takeover, starting with. The North American Championship ladder match. My favorite match of the night, of that whole event. My favorite match. I mean, Velveteen Dream, Adam Cole, EC3, Rick. I mean, it – oh, my God. That And now I've, I've seen some brutal ladder matches in my time. I've seen them. But this one, I have to place this one, I would say, top five. I would say top, top five. Wow. Top five, man. Top five. In your case, that's that's saying a lot. Well, it's been... well, maybe. I mean, I love ladder match. I mean, Hell in a Cell. You know, TLC. All those are great matches. I, you know, I, I've I've been enjoying them, but the ladder match is probably my favorite type of match. And this this North American. Title match, ladder match at NXT TakeOver, I would have to say top five. Have to say top five. Actually, I wholeheartedly agree, man. I think, honestly, this match here was was possibly or arguably the best match on the card, considering. And, you know, the introduction to EC3, you got Ricochet. He was being billed as the one and only. You remember I was talking to you about Ricochet and like when he, once he comes to NST, it's gonna be a game changer. You did, you did tell me that. You did tell me that. And, I, and you know, I have my doubts. I mean, anything people tell me, I have my doubts at first until I see it. <laughs> you know, but that's just me. But I was definitely impressed with Ricochet. I think Ricochet for me, even though Adam Cole won the title, Ricochet stole the show. Stole the show. So, but. I can't wait to see what he does with NXT, and I'm pretty sure he will reach the main roster at some point. But as of right now, I'm I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. So, and, and hopefully Ricochet actually makes it to the main roster and not 205 Live, but we'll see. Well, uh, that depends on Vince, I guess. Whatever Vince wants to do. I mean, I I, I can see him in you know either or. I mean, but. It just depends, man. I, I think Ricochet still has some growth to do. I don't think that he's ready to to be on the main roster just yet, but he's getting there, man. He, he's on his way up, you know, so 
he'll get there. He'll get there. Yeah, I think the best spot of that whole match was uh, Ricochet was on the ladder and Sullivan tipped it over, and Ricochet actually turned the tip over the ladder into a moonsault t- upon other people. Like, basically hey, turn a negative into a positive. Hey, uh, oh, man. Well, that was a highlight, but I think my – it was so many highlights, man. Velveteen Dream climbing to the top of the of the ladder, and that's a tall ladder. You know, yeah. And, he, he, and he's standing there, and he just does the elbow – the elbow drop, oh man, that that had to been. Even though again, Adam Cole he won the match and Ricochet was doing his thing, that elbow drop by Velveteen Dream was a classic sight to see. I've never seen. Well, I've, I've seen something similar like that because you know we we've all seen wrestlers you know jump off the hell in a cell doing the elbow drop you know on the announce tape. I mean we've seen things like that before. But mm-hmm. I don't know something something about that particular move from Velveteen Dream. I don't know. It, it got me hyped. It got me really hyped. And for that to be the first match of NXT, I don't know, man. It was it was I don't know. It was something special. It was something special. Definitely, definitely. Um, Velveteen Dream actually came a long way because uh, for the listeners out there, the wrestling uh, listeners, uh, Velveteen Dream got to start with uh, Tough Enough. Well, that when he got his like TV. Debut yeah. and yeah, he got eliminated uh, early on, but much later on he got like a developmental contract, and then he's in NST and he took the moniker of Velveteen Dream, and the crowd is behind him, and his persona is more like a princess, you know, it's kind of like paying homage to Prince, but uh, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. his in ring capability is is really really good, you know, uh, EC three he had a solid debut, um. He was moving kind of slow for me. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I know the fans were kind of hyped, and EC3, you know, he, he he was making some moves. It was good moves, but I wasn't I wasn't that impressed by his by his performance. Yeah, he, he was he was pretty solid. Um, I think his his skill set is more or less like a one on one, not the extreme type matches, right? But you know, versus like one on one, like a Bobby Roode type type deal because he came from the same stock as impact wrestling like aj styles and bobby Roode and samoa joe come from so right and he was one of the last uh mainstays champions because him and bobby lashley actually had a few you know at impact you know some years past but you know we'll see what's going on with with ec3 you know adam cole i mean it's not enough to say about adam cole you know he's He's the real deal. You know, he he had, um he actually wrestled two matches in one night. So that says a lot about his talent and their belief in Adam Cole. But uh if you had to give the, this star uh match a rating, how many stars would you give it? What's my limit? What's the six? uh uh five. Five being it, the greatest. I'll give it a uh greatest of what exactly? <laughs> like uh, five being like the goat, you know, in in a sense. But you know, we 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 measured some five star matches in the past. We we measured some. I would I would say that match is the five star match of the event. Okay, I'll say that. I I think I think that event was the best match in the whole event. And there were some great matches. Don't get me wrong, 
you know, wrestling fans, don't don't kill me. But <laughs> I think the latter match was was the highlight of the whole event. So, and for that to be the first match, I don't know. I probably would have put that first. I mean, or last. You know, if if anything, you know, but I don't know. Maybe they didn't expect it to be that good. I don't know. I don't know. But definitely, definitely the best match of the night. So I I, I give it a five. Five out of five for me. Okay. All right. So um, me personally, I think I give it a I give it a five star rating too because it was it was pretty good. Uh, pretty good spot seeing it. Uh, very entertaining. It, it. I mean, honestly, I would actually have this match as a starting because that actually sets the tone for everybody else. You know, yeah, yeah, but you run the risk of the other matches not being as good, you know. Yeah, but I, see, this this is like NXT. You know, it's very competitive in that locker room. So if right. you got somebody, that, if you got that that group of wrestlers that just finished this match and they go in the back, like, all right, follow that, then that lets you know, okay, we can put on a show because it's competition, right? It's healthy competition, right? Kind of like back in the day. So, you know. You got to put faith in somebody got to start first and it got to be somebody that gets the crowd hot. And yeah, I, I would get, definitely give it a five. What'd you think of uh, Killian Dane and, and Lars Sullivan? Th- those are some strong guys, man. Those yes. Are some strong guys. I, I think, uh, what was the move? Uh, I think, uh, who was it? Lars had mm-hmm. Velveteen and um, I, don't, I don't think it was Adam Cole, but they were they were like laid out on the ladder and Lars had slammed somebody broke the ladder in half. You know, I don't know. Like he, he, he's strong. He's very strong. Performing. Yeah, man. They went through so many ladders in that match, man. It's ridiculous. Oh, man. Like, like, I didn't know there was any ladders left because they broke so many. I'm to be honest with you. I don't remember seeing a lot of breaking halves to be honest. Yeah. With you. I don't remember seeing that before in previous ladder matches, you know, so to have, I think two of them broken half because, you know, Lars and I think Killian were just slamming guys through the ladder. The ladders mm-hmm. were breaking in half. I, I don't think I've ever seen that before in previous ladder matches. So that was, that was definitely different for me to see, you know, as a fan. So, you know, I can't wait to see what they do when, or if they reach the main roster, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, next match we got coming up uh, after the, the show, shortly after was uh, the women's championship match with Ember Moon and Shayna Baszler, and Ember Moon coming out to the band Hailstorm, which right. was her live entrance, which right. was uh, it was pretty live, and uh, Shayna Baszler being of Ronda Rousey's camp of the original Four Horsewomen, right? And you know, we actually we covered this match before because this was at the Royal Rumble uh, NXT Takeover weekend. And uh, Ember Moon escaped pretty much. She survived Shayna Baszler, but then they actually uh, had the match. So what you think about this one? It was okay. It was okay. It was a lot of hype built up around it. But for the match itself, I don't know. Maybe I expected a little bit more. But Baszler, man, her, she, her brutality. And you know, just, just 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 her being a woman, I've never seen that before either. You mm-hmm. know, like I've we've seen some violent wrestlers in the past, but Baszler, man, she just takes it to a whole nother level. Now, I guess because you know she has that MMA background, so she knows how to grapple, she knows how to take you down to the ground, you know, submission holes and all that. But she she is brutal. So 
Yeah. I was, yeah, I, I was impressed with – now, don't get me wrong. Ember Moon, another very talented wrestler. I mean, she was a champion for a reason. You know, she she held her own. But in the end, you know, Baszler just got the better of her, you know. And I don't know. I I can't wait to see what – how that rivalry kind of builds in, in NXT. Because, they, because, you know, they've been beefing for, you know, some months. So yeah. I, I can't wait to see what that grows into, you know. And, but that's that's if, you know, they don't take Ember to the main roster, which I don't – I hope they don't do. I, I think Ember still has some room left to, to to mix it up in NXT before she makes that move. But I really want to see what, what that rivalry brings more to the NXT, you know, franchise. So it was good. I liked it, man. Yeah, I like the match too. It's uh Ember actually turning up a, a extra notch because you kind of see her do that the the Shayna Baszler style elbow kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she also did um, I guess when uh, when when Baszler injured her arm before, Ember mm-hmm. did, Ember did the same move on her. Like you know, she she stood there, she thought about it. You know what I'm saying? Because she she actually was stepping on uh, Baszler's hand, and she 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 had her arm, she had Baszler's arm position to where she, you know she could break it or do some harm to it, like Baszler did you know to Ember way back when, and then you know she was thinking about it, she stepped on her hand, Baz you know Baszler's pleading with her, no, don't do it, don't do it, but the crowd was going nuts, like yeah, do it, do it, and then Ember pretty much broke her arm, or not broke her, but she you know she kicked it. Like, you know, Baszler did her, so I thought that was interesting, you know. But, you know, payback, you know, revenge is sweet, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. Um, So, and there's not much to say about this match because this match was – I wouldn't say it was a long match. It was – I would say about average time. And uh, What would you – what rating would you give this match? Uh, I'd give it a four. I'd give it a four. Give it a four. I'd okay. I'd give it a four. It was it was a good match, and you know Ronda being there, you know because you know Ronda and Baszler are friends. You know they're part of the Four Horsemen. You know we know that, so that was it was good to see Ronda there, to, you know supporting her and you know being happy for Baszler for winning the championship. So, you know like like Ronda's presence, you can already tell it's having an effect on the women, in NXT and you know WWE uh, the main roster. You know Ron SmackDown. So having Ronda there. You know, cheering off Baszler. I mean, it 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 just made the match a little bit more special. You know, mm-hmm. them having that UFC MMA background, and you know, you're starting to notice now that I guess WWE they're open to more UFC MMA. You know, that type of fighting coming in into, you know, to wrestling. You know, so I can't wait to see what it all has in store, man. But definitely, I give it a four. I give it a four. It was a good match. It was a good. Okay. Match. For me, I'll probably give it like a three and a half. Ooh. Three and a half. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Okay. <laughs> but it, 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 three and a half, I wouldn't say it's a slight against the match itself, but it's kind of like it's one of those things that you knew who was going to win that match, considering. And considering since NXT take over WrestleMania, you got to look for some kind of shot factor, like some type of title change, because you're more likely to change ha- title hands at a major event versus anything else. So, but the match was solid. I mean, you know, the match was good. You know, it wasn't a match that I actually kind of stood up on the edge of my seat 
and kind of like, oh my gosh, this is going to happen, you know? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like Ember Moon versus Asuka. It wasn't like that. So right. that's why I gave it a three and a half. But next one is the NXT Tag Team Championship match, which is Adam Cole subbing for Bobby Fish because Bobby Fish was injured, and Kyle O'Reilly versus Roger Strong and UK champion Pete Dunne and the Authors of Pain. What you think? You know, I really don't know what to think about this match. Um, me personally, I thought AOP was going to win. Um, they definitely had, I think, the most hype going into the match because mm-hmm. they are dominant. They are physical. You know, they they know how to work the ring. They've punished wrestlers, tag teams before in the past. They're former champions. So, you know, I think AOP, the Authors of Pain, they had the most hype, you know, going into that match. So when Roger, uh, Roger Strong did what he did, I mean, for me, it was unexpected. I mean, I, I didn't see it coming, but um, I guess, I mean, other people did. I don't know. But me personally, I didn't see that one coming. I thought that was a shocker, you know. And it looked like the crowd was into it, you know, because they were going crazy, going nuts, you know. Um, and then then again, him and Pete Dunne being the tag team, I didn't believe in that anyway. So I'm kind of glad that they kind of broke that up. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I mean, I like Pete Dunne, you know, great wrestling, brawler, UK champion. But him and Roderick Strong, I that wasn't really believable to me. So. I wasn't mad about the match at all. Um, again, I thought AOP was going to get it, but, you know, uh, hey, the era, man, they 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 put one out again like they always do. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, unexpectedly so, because, you know, in the match, you know, uh, Unexpected Era wasn't expecting Strong to do that turn against Dunn. Right, and, right. And the crowd loved it, so for the listeners out there that has been following Roger Strong, you know, uh, Ricky has been following Roger Strong up until like recently. Right. But the Undisputed Era actually made an offer to Roger Strong way back when, before this even ever happened. And Roger Strong kind of like declined it in a way. And so during this match, he decides to turn on Roger Strong, um, Pete Dunne, I'm sorry. And he grabs the band from Adam Cole and puts the band on him. Right, and right. then he's officially joins the undisputed era, which the crowd went nuts. Yeah. You know, they went crazy. Yeah, and you know, again, like you said, Adam Cole, Bobby, you know, and Kyle O'Reilly, they squeak out another one for the undisputed era. And with the AOP, if I'm not mistaken, there are two-time NST Tag Team champions. So yeah. yes, um, with AOP getting another tag team championship run, I don't see it in the future. I I possibly see them coming to the main roster at some point in time very soon. Man, well, sure. I hope they go to Raw. I hope they go to Raw, you know. I, I hope they go to Raw, and I hope they keep AOP away from the Bludgeon Brothers for a period and then have them meet each other. You know, I was I was actually thinking about that that matchup between them and, and the Bludgeon Brothers. I mean, that's that's dominance versus dominance. So that'll be one I would love to see because I, I don't know what would happen in that match because they're both physical, dominant. You know, they have a presence. So I don't know, but yeah, I mean, you're right. AOP two times NXT Tag Champions. Again, I was going for them to win it, but hey, I guess there there were other plans. So I mean, yeah, I'm not. I wasn't mad at the match. You know. I think going forward, 
I want to see how this dynamic kind of plays out in NXT. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Good things are, you know, on the horizon. But I would have to give that, you know, rating-wise, I would have to give that, I'll give it a 4-2. I'll give it a 4-2. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did it, I give it a four as well, just because of the shot factor, right. you know, Roger Strong and stuff like that. And you know, it's totally a good story. Um, like you said, AOP is play because you got like Paul Ellering as their manager. He's a legend. Good man great manager. Yeah. Great manager, legendary. So very, very much so. So yeah. I, I give it a four too, you know, just for the shot factor. So moving on to the next one, the NXT championship match. Andrade Cien Almas versus your boy, Alistair Black. Hey, man. I'm happy that Alistair Black won the NXT championship. People, I will say this again. I am happy Alistair Black won the NXT championship. I love Alistair Black. I think he's a great wrestler. I can't wait till he makes the main roster. I hope they pair him with somebody good in the main roster so that they can let that shine. But for NXT... I am happy that Alistair Black won. I mean, I think that was a long time coming. Now, um, Almas, good champion. Nothing against Almas at all. You know, I love his persona. He he has personality. He has style. He can move in the ring. Um, didn't really care for the interference from his manager. Um, now, granted, you know, she, you know, I like her. She, She's definitely for you know, her client and she helps them, I guess, when necessary. But for me, it was, it was a bit too much interference. And you can tell because the crowd at, at, at some points in the match, the crowd really wasn't feeling the interference as well. They just kind of wanted all Miss and Alistair to kind of just go at it with not, without interference. But then again, that's, that's what she does. I mean, that's her client. I get it, but Hey, again, I'm happy. Alistair Black won. So, that's all I have to say about that. It was a great match, man. I mean, physical match. Um, I don't know, man. Alistair, I mean, almost was bringing it to him, you know. But the better man won, so I'm happy. I'm good with that. So what, what rating would you give it? I would give it a four and a half. Four and a half. Oh, yeah. I, I would actually uh, give it a four because, you know, um, seeing almost – he reminds me of Alberto Del Rio, yeah. but without the car. Uh, Alberto was a better wrestler, though. Mm. Better. I mean, they kind of like the same talent. I would say, I would say yeah. more, more, more athletic. I'll say that he was more athletic. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know how to put them in. The, I, I I put them in the same category. And just a side note, uh, El Patron or Alberto Del Rio. He no showed an uh, impact uh, event too. Um, I don't think he's no longer with the company. That I found that out too. That's that's a little bit of news out there. But uh, seeing Almas, he just reminds me of he just reminds me of Berto Del Rio. He is he is his own character. Right. Don't get me wrong, and he pays homage to his to his heritage, especially whenever there's a real big event. He always come in there with a mask on because okay. it's it's a it's great. It's paying to his heritage, right? So right. his in-ring capability is awesome. He just like my favorite match with him is with him and Johnny Gungato. 
uh, or Johnny Wrestling because that match was awesome. It told a great story. Yeah, uh, Zelina Vega was interfering in the match. You know, she got what she deserved in the match, you know, with uh, Johnny Wrestling's wife showing up. And then, of course, like you said, you know, you're not a big fan of interference. But um, this is Zelina Vega. Her being a female, she's a strong female presence. It's like she gets in the ring, and when she put her legs around your neck, either you getting your head connected to a steel step, or you get DDT. You know, it, it, it's well, going to happen. I never said. I mean, she's tough. Don't get me wrong. She's tough. She's tough. You know, she can hold her own. I mean, is she is she a, a wrestler, an in-ring talent, or no? Um, I, I know she got background. With it, but I think more she more or less a manager at this point. She should wrestle. I think I think she'll be a good wrestler in in the ring, in the ring. You know, she she kind of reminds me of Alexa Bliss, kind of a little bit, a little bit, right? You know, because they're they're high flying, they you know they can do stuff you know off the top rope in the air. You know, like they're 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 similar. They have sim- they have similar wrestling styles, so. You know, she should definitely get in the ring at some point in the future. I think. Yeah, yeah, I I I wholeheartedly agree, man. I I definitely get this match four star rating, and uh, so we're gonna go into the main event, which is the unsanctioned match, which I haven't heard that since Triple H versus Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam. Right. So, uh, Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa, former tag team uh, champions, former friends, finally getting the opportunity to face each other after a whole year of just being tormented storyline-wise by Ciampa. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting my rating on this one first. I, I would give this a four and a half. I would give it a five if blood was involved because it was a brutal match. It, it, it was a very emotional match, and that one made this match so good. It was a long match, too. It was a long <laughs> one. <laughs> long match. I'm like, come on, man! Somebody win, please. Somebody yeah, it was it, it, it was a long match, but they had they had to give them time. You know, it, it was no other way to properly tell that story between them two because there's no way to have Champa away from a year and then constantly be a thorn in Gargano's side when he's about to reach the the holy grail and you finally have to face each other. You can't have a ten minute match with these guys. You know, you got to give them time. Well, you know, I, you know, you're right. You're right, because Johnny Gargano, he, he could have, he could have been the champion right now if it wasn't for Ciampa. You know, so definitely a lot of bad blood, and you can tell the crowd was getting into it because the crowd was just. I've never, I've never seen a crowd act that way toward a wrestler like that. It's it's, it's been a while, but you can tell like the crowd was into it, but they they just hated him. For all the crap that he's done, like they were just booing him, you know, they're cussing at him, F you, F you, you're an a-hole, like they're shouting this out in the arena, and you know how, you know, WWE it feels about that language and, you know, stuff like that, but I guess they just let the crowd just go, they're like, forget it, just, hey, let loose, and they were just, F you, you a-hole, blah, 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 and Ciampa was just, Ciampa was just absorbing it, he, he was loving it. You know what I'm saying? He was like, yeah, you know, I, I, you could tell he, he wanted the crowd to, yeah, give me more, give me more of that, give me more of that. Like, at one point, you know, the crowd was booing because Chompa was beating up on Johnny for a minute, and the crowd was booing, and I think he had sat there on the side of the ring 
look at the crowd and he and he's clapping, smiling, laugh at the crowd, you know what I'm saying, which aggravated the crowd even more, you know, so the way Chompa worked the crowd was amazing. It was amazing how like he, he he's definitely a good heel. Definitely a good heel. So I mean I don't know. It it, it looked like Chompa was gonna win. That's how it looked because you know Johnny Gargano, he's his athletic skill. I don't know. It's it's not the greatest. You know he's small, but he's quick. But he's small. He's, he's not very big. Not very cut. So it looked like Champa was had the upper hand on Johnny because you know Champa. You know he's big. He's physical. You know he, he has he's ripped. You know what I'm saying. But Johnny, you know he, he held his own. He ended up winning the match. Again, it was a long-ass match. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it. I definitely want to see where they take this robbery now. You know, because the match was for him, Johnny, to keep his job, right? So, if Johnny would have lost the match, he would have been fired from NXT, right? Yeah, he well, he was already fired for NXT. It's just that he was fighting to have it get his job back. So oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so the unsanctioned match was basically kind of like Sean and Triple H. Like the company won't be held responsible if any damages get done to their body and stuff like that. You know, they won't be insured. You know, stuff like that storyline wise. But I think this rivalry is really over. Okay. Um, honestly, because I think this is one of those one and dones. Right. And the manner on which they finished the match, you know, you can't go back. And I mean, you can, but like you said, let me revert, let me reverse back. Like the heat that Ciampa got when he showed up with no music. Yeah. And yeah, he was, like you said, he was just soaking it in, man. He was just soaking in that heat because that is true heel fashion. Like your crowd kind of. They you probably have to hate you. So, and he and he did a good job in doing that. But uh, I think this rivalry over, considering the fact on what they did to each other in the in this match. You know, uh, suplex on concrete. You know, suplex off the table. You know, it was it was a brutal match. Um, I you was, know, you know, uh, Shane was in there, man. I think Shane liked liked what he saw. You know. Don't, don't be surprised if Ciampa goes to, goes to SmackDown. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be. Because I can I could definitely see a Ciampa-Daniel Bryan matchup in the future. I think that would be awesome. I think that would be awesome. If, you know, Daniel Bryan gets demoted from general manager to wrestler. But, you know, whatever. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. yeah. You know, but. Definitely, definitely would love to see that matchup between Chomp and Daniel Bryan. So, you know, I, I see um, Daniel Bryan pretty much being a regular on the regular roster now, considering that, uh, you know, he did so good at WrestleMania. Right. Which kind of leads us uh, to WrestleMania. Now, I will say this. You know, this WrestleMania has been possibly one of the weirdest and somewhat yeah. en- entertaining. Like I, I felt bittersweet right. with this with this WrestleMania. It's not it's definitely not the best WrestleMania. Well, but no, 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 it's not. It's not. Um 
I'm gonna say it like this. Every WrestleMania every year, I always get goosebumps because I'm always excited about watching WrestleMania because you never know what's gonna happen. You never know it's gonna be surprise interests. You don't never know who's gonna show up. You don't know who's gonna finish. You know, I was looking for a money in the bank cash in because that would have been great to do that at. But uh, it was just a weird WrestleMania, man. And I'm glad we get to cover it. <laughs> you know, so. Um, so we're going to go from NXT TakeOver as a whole. But before we do that, what, what do you give NXT TakeOver as a whole as far as rating? Out of five? Yeah. Four and a half. I give four and a half. Yeah, I agree. Four and a half. It, it's, it's almost like NXT TakeOver never disappoints. And it's only two, two and a half hours long. But they deliver within that time frame. So... It's, I never came across a bad NST takeover. So, uh, yeah, four and a half. That's, that's, a, that's a fair deal. So, we're going to move into WrestleMania, and <laughs> it's going to be a ride. So, but you know what? You know what? Let's get into, well, now you know what? I'll, I'll save that. What you, would you think about the uh, men's ba- uh, battle royal? Don't Don the giant. I think it was entertaining. Um, I saw little drops, little hints with the interaction between Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt at Royal Rumble that they were going to link up somehow, some way, because that's, that's, that's the type of chemistry that is kind of like good for fans or whatever. So I kind of liked, I liked the Battle Royal. Honestly, I digged it, you know, especially with Matt Hardy winning, you know, he is a, he's both a singles guy and a tag team guy. And I digged it. I digged it. What you thought about it? I don't know if I was into Matt Hardy winning the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. I mean, I don't know. Call me crazy, but I feel as though other wrestlers should get some shine now. You know, I mean, to to, to all the listeners who may not know this about me and how I feel about wrestling, but I'm I'm all about, hey, Let's get some other wrestlers some shine. Like, if you've been in the business for years and you won all these championships, I think you should step to the side and give some other wrestlers some opportunity. That is how I feel about it. So, Matt Hardy winning it with the help of Bray Wyatt, I'm going to throw that out there, you know, who wasn't even supposed to be in the match, <laughs> came out of nowhere and assisted Matt Hardy. And, you know, side note, they they had a you know, rivalry beforehand and they were look like they were bitter enemies, but all of a sudden Bray Wyatt's in there helping them out. And, you know, I don't know. It it was, it was weird to see that. Cause I'm like, well, what about, you know, the other wrestlers, you know, Apollo crew, you know, Titus, you know, what about, I mean, just for me, I think it's time for some other guys to get some shine. Now, I don't dislike Matt Hardy. I mean, I've been a fan of the Hardy Boys for years. I love the Hardys. But at the same time, they've done everything. You know, they've won championships. So, I don't know. that Him, him winning it didn't really make sense to me. And I would, I would have liked to see someone else get some shine. Like when, you know, when Mojo Raleigh won it, you know, last year. I'm like, okay, I dig that. I dig that. Mojo's a good wrestler. 
He deserves some shine. He's athletic. He can move in the ring. I think he's good. I think that was good form, you know, but I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. So, I mean, I don't dislike it. Peace to Matt Hardy, you know, peace to Bray Wyatt. I mean, it was it was okay, but I just would rather see someone else get some shine, you know, so that's just me. That's- yeah, um, okay. I mean, it's a battle royal. You know, you can't really give a – you can give a rating on it, but, you know, I, I, I say you can give a rating on it, but uh, I would say uh, three and a half. I'll say three and a half. Uh, Matt Hardy, with the whole deletion, um, that persona is very, very big with the fan base, especially in the indie circuit and now on the main roster. You know, they call it uh, deletion or woken Matt Hardy versus broken Matt Hardy. But right. uh, his interaction with Wyatt, you know, kind of raised it up a notch. So I, I, I would give it a three and a half. So we got to stay on that too much longer. But it was part of the kickoff because there's three matches in the kickoff. Right. And we're going to go into the finals with the Cruiserweight title tournament between Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. What do you think? It was okay. I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't spectacular. Um it got boring at some parts because I, I guess I was expecting a little bit more high flying, more dashing, more, you know, up in the air moves that, you know, cruiserweights, they're known for that. So mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed that I didn't get to see a whole lot of that. Um, but Cedric won. I mean, he's a good wrestler, good cruiserweight. So let, let's see where the company takes him with that. Mustafa's another great cruiserweight, you know, wrestler, which I really don't know much about him, but the way he moves in the ring and for what I've been seeing from him recently, I think he's another good cruiserweight, you know. Um, I don't know if they're going to turn that into a rivalry or I'm sorry, a rivalry between Mustafa and Cedric. I mean, I would love to see that because I think they're both good good in-ring performers. We'll see. But as far as that event goes, I mean, it's a little boring at some at some points. I mean, I expect a little bit more, and but it wasn't a terrible match. It was okay. It was okay. Yeah, I, I would give it a uh, three stars on it, honestly, at best. But I mean, they they put it out there in the ring. They put it out there. Uh, good match, solid match. Still give it a three. Well, we're rating. Would you give it? I'll give it a three as well. I'll give it a three as well. Okay, all right, and moving on to the next one is the the last uh, match on the kickoff, which is the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? This one was interesting because at the beginning of the match, like, like well, I guess before the match even kicked off, you know, you had the women wrestlers walk to the ring, you know, all at once, and then after they got in the ring, you know, like Bailey came out to her music. I mean, like you, you could tell who the stars were and who the stars weren't because <laughs> they 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 put emphasis on certain wrestlers versus others, you know. So I wish they wouldn't have done it that way. But now, don't get me wrong. I mean, Bailey is a heavyweight. Like she she deserves you know respect and all that. But it was just funny to see that how you know you had this group of women wrestlers walk to the ring. You know, just all randomly, and all of a sudden, you know, once they're in the ring, here comes Bailey and um, who's the other one that came out to uh, their music? It was uh, Becky Lynch. Yeah, Becky Lynch. You know, like like you could tell the 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 main roster stars because they wanted to give them some shine. Now, during the match, 
you know, you could see sort of like a NXT versus the main roster women, you know, because they were just beating up on the, the main roster girls. And at, at, at one point, there's like six or seven of them, you know, NXT wrestlers, women wrestlers, and they were standing in the middle of the ring. And they're saying, NXT, NXT, NXT. And then certain, and the, and the people in the crowd were saying, NXT, NXT. So it, lo- it looked like it was an NXT rivalry between NXT women and the main roster women, you know, which I thought mm-hmm. was also interesting, you know, like they all banded together and everything. So I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool, you know. Now at the end, it got interesting because, you know, Bailey and Sasha ended up being the allegedly last two, you know, of the match. And I don't know. The the crowd was getting into it. They was clapping because, you know, this is a, a, a long-going rivalry, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Sasha and Bailey were showing each other love for a minute, you know, showing some, showing some respect. All of a sudden, Bailey out of nowhere just – Grab Sasha and throws out the ring. So eliminated. Bailey thinks she won the match, but she didn't because she forgot that Naomi, who was outside the ring at the time, she was never officially eliminated, which I thought was interesting because I forgot all about, about Naomi because for a while you, you didn't see her. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So Naomi was still, you know, outside the ring on the ground, blah, blah, blah. So as soon as Bailey throws Sasha out of the ring, you know, ba- Bailey's hopping around, jumping around. Yeah, yeah, I won, I won, I won. But no one called the bell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, so the, the bell didn't ring. But Bailey's, you know, Bailey's in there celebrate. Yeah, I won, I won. All of a sudden, here comes Naomi. She hops in the ring. Bailey looks at her. She's like, oh, snap. I thought you, I, I thought you were out. Naomi's like, nah, I'm not out. I'm still in this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, they get to fighting then. Hey, Naomi, you know, got the better of her throughout the ring, and Naomi ends up winning the match. So, which I thought was well deserved. I mean, I, I like Naomi. I thought it was good that that, that she won. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But I think the highlight for me was NXT. The, 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 the NXT women wrestlers were kind of making their statement known. Like, yeah, we're here now. So, you, you, you other guys better be careful. Better watch out because we're coming. So. I like that. Yeah, I like that. I agree. Um, I actually get the smash, you know, three and a half. You know, it's a battle yeah. royal. Right. So uh, I did like the NXT uh, cleaning house and the NXT chance. And the crowd, if you notice, was booing that Becky got eliminated. Like, the crowd was, was pretty vocal about that, about Becky getting eliminated. But, yeah. you know, we'll see as time progresses. So that was the end of the kickoff show. So now wow. – Going to the main roster, which is to start the Intercontinental title, which is the Miz, uh, Seth Rollins, and Finn Balor. Now, my favorite interest out of those three was Seth Rollins because he came in as a White Walker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the blue contacts, I was like, man, okay, all right, all right. That was cool. That was cool. So it was good stuff. So what, what you thought about this match? It was a good match. I mean, and you know what? And I, I hate to say it, you know, I'm I'm starting to like Miz a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know, you know, because besides all the shenanigans, Miz is actually a decent wrestler. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just I think sometimes with Miz, the the shenanigans and all the other bull crap kind of 
you know, overshadows his talent. And I mean, this happens to, you know, a lot of wrestlers, you know, because we get caught up in the story and storylines and all the, you know, all the hoopla that sometimes we forget about the talent that these wrestlers actually have, possess. So Miz is actually a good wrestler. I mean, I, just, I don't care for his shenanigans. I don't care for all the Miz Taraj and the Miz TV. I don't care for all that stuff. I'm like, man, just just wrestle, you know, because, you know, he's a good wrestler. But so so Miz brought it. He brought it. And, you know, Finn. Now, it, it's funny because all all three of these guys are former world champions. You know, that that always tickles my fancy. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? All these guys were, all three of these guys were pretty much at the top of of of, of the mountain. Now, granted, you know, Finn Balor won the Universal Championship but had to get rid of it or had to vacate, release it because of his injury. So Finn never really technically lost that Universal Championship. So I'm curious to see now that now that he hasn't or now that he didn't win the IC title, are they going to place Finn back in that running for the Universal Championship? But we'll see how that goes. But you know, back to that match itself. I mean, it was a good match. I mean, I think Seth, you know, great in-ring performer. You know, he, he deserved to win that one. You know, he's a great wrestler. So um, we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, and of course, Miz just had his, his child, newborn. So he maybe takes some time off to tend to his wife and his, his child. And, you know, I mean, he may. I'm just assuming. I'm not sure. But I'm assuming he, he, he may take a few months off to kind of, be a dad and take care of his family, but it was a good match, man. And Finn did his thing, man. I mean, it was, it was all I expected it to be. And I knew Miz was going to lose that that title. I knew. I mean, it was obvious. <laughs> it was pretty obvious that he was going to lose that um, somehow, some way. But you know, if I'd rate it, I mean, five being the the ceiling, I'd give it a four and a half. It was a great match. Yeah, I, I would definitely give it a four. Um... There was a lot of good finishes. Rollins is now a Grand Slam champion, so he won every major yes. title. Yes, yes. So, congrats to Seth Rollins. Yes. You know, he definitely burned it down, for lack of a better term. And it was a good start of WrestleMania. It, it actually was a good start. I, I digged it. Uh, the Curtis stop was brought back, and I like the fact that the Miz sent the Mr. Rise to the back. He was like, and you, if you heard him on the entrance, he said, we're doing this the right way. Right. Right. And it was a good match. You know, I, I liked it. It was no interference. It, you know, it's an intercontinental title. Jeff Jarrett uh, actually shout out to Miz. He said, man, thank you for, you know, you making that title relevant. That's right. And that surprised Miz, too, because the camera got a look on Miz. And Miz had that, wow, thank you look, you know what I'm saying, on his face. So I don't think Miz was expecting that, you know, because, I mean, a lot of people don't consider Miz a good or, or maybe people do I don't know but it took me a while for me to get to to get used to that but I would have to say that that Miz has been a good IC champion you know he he's definitely worked that championship pretty well you know and he's become a heel you know a great heel at that so I mean you know he he he's growing on me he's growing on me at first he didn't because again I didn't care for all the shenanigans but he, he he he's growing on me, so it was good. It was good. So, um, yeah, we both gave it a four, four and a half star match. So it was good, good, solid match. Uh, loved it. 
So now we're gonna go into the <clears throat> the SmackDown Women's Title Match, and you already your, know how I feel. Your favorite, your favorite match of the night. <laughs> 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 your favorite match of the night. Listen, I'll 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 start off. I'll start off. Look, okay. it wasn't a terrible match. Okay, I know how you feel about it. I know you know. I know it did. T- it didn't tickle your fancy, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I like Charlotte Flair, you know, I really do. I always liked her. I thought, I always thought she was a great talent, great in-ring performer. Like, she's very talented because, you know, she comes from a good stock. So, of course, you know what I'm saying? Of course she's great. Um, Asuka, you know what? For me, I didn't expect. Asuka to lose the match. I thought she was going to win it. But Vince, WWE, Triple H, you know, the powers that be, they they definitely threw a curveball. Now, the way she lost the match, we well, you know what, you you go ahead and, and discuss that, E. You can go and discuss that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't call it WrestleMania. We should call this year's WrestleMania Curveball Mania because <laughs> it was so many curveballs throughout this whole segment. And I think they switched the result of the match because a lot of people were expecting Oscar to actually win. Right. Because A, she won the first ever Women's Royal Rumble match. Right. Okay. So it's almost to the point that if you face Charlotte Flair, Arguably the best of the best currently, you know, you have arrived. Now, I loved Charlotte's interest because she came in on Ric Flair's original music with her sitting on the throne or whatever. And kind of like how Triple H was, because if you remember back in the day, Triple H came up on the throne and women was around him. Right. And Charlotte and Charlotte Flair was one of those women. Oh, really? Okay. Right. Right. I think uh, she was on his left. Now, if Triple H was doing the same thing, I'm not sure. But, you know, that remains to be seen. But, you know, she did the fireworks, you know, uh, good entrance, good entrance. Um, I thought, honestly, Oscar should have had an entrance, honestly. But she had 3D graphics on the screen. and uh, Honestly, I would say this is one of Oscar's top matches against Charlotte. It was almost, almost in the way of a dream match. Now, the curveball <laughs> that's that's been thrown here is not the fact that Oscar lost. Right. It's the fact that Oscar tapped out. Right. Right. Yeah. And she tapped out quickly. It wasn't like a a reverse and got back into the figure eight. It wasn't even that. I didn't like the finish like that. You know what I'm saying? And also, what probably would have been an icing on the cake if Carmelo would have came in the cast in right at, right then and there. Like just cashed in on on Charlotte right off the rip because she had a she had a bad shoulder, you know. Boom, new SmackDown Women's Champion. That would have been a WrestleMania moment right there. But I would have been cool if Charlotte would have pinned Asuka, you know, because she has a move set in her repertoire that actually causes a pinfall instead of a submission. Right. And right. As tough as Asuka is, and the the amount of bodies that. Of destruction that she have throughout her nine hundred plus days of beating people, you know she's never tapped, and you you would never see her tap. But to see her tap at WrestleMania is just kind of like, Meh. you know. But I give this a four star rating because this was a classic match. 
Um, now oh, the match is great. The yes, match is great, and you know nothing against Charlotte. So listeners, please don't think that we're just against Charlotte. That's not it. We love Charlotte. Charlotte is a great wrestler, you know. But per, I, you know what? If I was the one, you know, powers I be, I would have had Asuka win the match, be yeah. champion, keep the streak going. And later on down the line, maybe like SummerSlam or something, I would have had Charlotte and Asuka wrestle again. Charlotte beats Asuka, breaks the streak, and becomes champion. Like I would have, I would have made Asuka champion first. Yeah. And then at another big pay per view, Asuka will have her streak break broken and championship lost. I think that would have been, I think that would have been a, a bigger impact. But hey, whatever. What do I know? What do I know? <laughs> Man, there was it was also rumors floating around that you know have Oscar win the championship and have her had the title for a whole year, and still nobody beats her, and then she faces Ronda Rousey at the next year's WrestleMania. That's two, that's two undefeateds uh, facing each other, and then at that point, you know, possibly Ronda Rousey or whatever. But that that you know, and not saying that that's gonna that's not gonna happen now, but. It just makes Oscar look human that she actually tapped out, that she can tap out, which I didn't like it. You know, I didn't like the ending. It was a curveball. That was a curveball. Right. That like. But overall, I would give this match a, a, a four-star rating. It, it was a great one. It, it was a classic. It, you know, they, uh, Oscar gave respect. She hugged her. Um, a part of me, like I said, I'm not slighting Charlotte. I just feel like she's been given so much, you know. Well, she earned her – don't get me wrong. She earned it. You know, she had a first ever hell in the cell. I still say Sasha Banks is her Ricky Steamboat. Um, right. They bring, right. They bring, yeah, they bring out the best in each other. Yeah. Um, she's been in a lot of firsts, except for the Women's Royal Rumble, because she's been a champion. She's been a Raw Women's Champion. She's a SmackDown Women's Champion. She was a Divas Champion. Uh, to have her beat the undefeated Oscar, it's like a eh, – you know – I. Right, you're right. I wouldn't have Charlotte probably lost that match. But, you know, streets at New Orleans, streets come to an end in New Orleans. You already know this. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I think Corey Gray is like WrestleMania is where streets come to end, but to be more specific, WrestleMania in New Orleans is where streets come to end. So, you know, the Undertaker Street ended in New Orleans, and, and now Oscar Street. You know, ended in New Orleans. So we, you're right. See. You're right. You're right. Do you think that was that, that was pre-planned by possibly by, by Vince and, and Vince and the crew? Possibly. <laughs> possibly, man. But you know, moving on to the U.S. title, which was hmm, I it loved was it. I loved it. I loved it. Listen, I know how you did. Hey, listeners, I I get it. A lot of you may not like Jinder Mahal. I love Jinder Mahal. I don't know. Something about Jinder, I don't know. I, I like him. I like him. Like, he, he, I don't know what it is. Like, he, 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 he's a great heel. You know, he plays that, that role really well. He's athletic. Um, not the greatest in, in ring performer. Now, personally, I think Jinder can wrestle. I think he can. It's yeah. just, I don't know if they're not allowing him to really go 100%. I don't know because we all know how wrestling kind of, kind of operates. You know what I'm saying? Like at, at at one point, a wrestler can be a good a good 
you know, in-ring performer, but because of storyline changes, now all of a sudden he sucks or whatever. Yeah. Now, that's what happened to Stone Cold Steve Austin. You remember that, E, when Stone Cold, you know, went to NWO, and all of a sudden he just couldn't wrestle anymore? He kept getting his, his, his butt kicked. Wait a minute, Steve Austin was on the NWO? Yeah, you don't remember that? No, nah, he never joined the NWO. Yeah, he huh? did. No, oh, it was, it was, it was, it, it was, it was. I don't know if it was NWO. It was some, or it was some group that he joined. Oh, um, was, he joined. Uh, he joined ago. the alliance with uh, uh Stephanie and uh and Shane. Was it yeah, with him and Kurt Angle? Kurt Angle was the good guy, and Steve Austin was the bad guy. But man, he just, he just couldn't wrestle because he kept getting his butt kicked around the ring. Like, wait a minute. Stone Cold doesn't get beat up like this before in the ring, but I, but me, you no, know, back then when I was, you know, younger, I could tell there was a difference. I could tell because Stone Cold is normally the one that's doing all the butt kick, kicking, but he was getting his butt kicked when he did that. So, because of storyline or whatever, you know, wrestlers in ring performance can change, and you know, back to gender, I think gender really is a good wrestler, but because of the storyline, I don't think they're allowing him to really come out at, at his full potential. But I, I thought it was a great match. And I like that he won the U.S. championship. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, what's funny is gender pinned pin Rusev to become the U.S. champion. Right. Now, gender and Rusev aren't American. So it's funny to see <laughs> a wrestler from India and another wrestler from Russia Fighting for the U.S. Championship, you know. I mean, it's. I, I thought it was. Yeah, it, it was very. <laughs> now, also, That's um, I think it was Corey Gray or Corey. Jonathan Coachman. They put up a, a a valid point. Like this was Mahal's year because he won both the World Heavyweight Title and the U.S. Title at Randy Orton's expense. Oh, he had a great run. He had a great run, and I'm pretty sure Randy didn't mind putting them over. I'm pretty sure Randy did nah. fine, you know. No, nah, he didn't. I mean, the match itself. Uh, now the way Orton came in, his interest, like he looked disinterested. You know, that's just how his demeanor was. You know, he didn't have any special interests or whatever. But you know, Orton I'm been here, been there, and done that. You know, in a way. So, you know, it's kind of weird to see him as U.S. champion. So I already knew he was going to drop it. I didn't know who who he was going to drop it to. Whether it was going to be Bobby Roode, Gender, or Rusev. But you already know the crowd is behind Rusev, and it is funny that Mahal hit the Colossus on <laughs> on uh, Rusev and win the U.S. title. So, of course, Orton going to get his rematch possibly with Mahal if Orton's not taking time off, and Mahal probably uh, squeak out a win and going to have a, a lengthy title reign. Or Nah, I, I think Randy should should step back for a while. But it's a rematch clause. You, know, you, are, you already know. It's, it's probably going to do like a smackdown oh. thing. So. Oh, you're, so, you're right. I you know, with gender, who knows? He probably turned it into the Indian title. <laughs> so. You might be right. You might be right. You might be right. I mean, they they do have a UK championship, so why not have a India, you know, championship? Because, I mean, hey, wrestling is growing in, in India. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but WWE is 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 going global like at a at a fast rate. So, you know, India, you know, UK, England. I mean, now granted, they 
they've had matches before outside the state, but now it's on a whole new scale. You know, so now they're, you know, they're they're bringing in wrestlers in from other countries, which I think it's dope. You know, because they're 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 gaining more fans, more subscribers to the you know the network. You know, so I I think it's dope. I think it's dope, honestly. So. Oh yeah, definitely, man. So moving on to, uh, in my opinion, is the most entertaining match of the card, which is Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. What's your th- What's your thoughts on that? Well, let let me start off with the entrance, because that Triple H entrance was was fantastic. I mean, I don't know. Triple H knows how to put on a show. Like he he is a genius when it comes to putting on events and putting on shows and presentations. You know, so him coming down, you know, him Stephanie coming down with you know the motorcycles, like you know they had a crew. You know what I'm saying? The people on motorcycles, flags waving, and they're just on the bikes coming down to the stage. I mean, I I thought. Like, you know, because last year they did that. But, you know, last year it was just him and Stephanie. You know, Triple H came down on the motorcycle. Stephanie was behind him. You know what I'm saying? It, like, and that was that was a good entrance. I mean, I, I thought that, that was great. But this year, you know, was even better. Because Stephanie and Triple H had their own bikes along with other people who were with them. So they came down there and, you know, to, 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 to kick off or I guess hype, the hype of the match. You know what I'm saying? Because that's another thing that he's good at, Triple H, is heightening mm-hmm. up, being an upper match before it starts. You know, he's really good at that. So, you know, it definitely got me excited. And then, of course, you know, Ronda came out, crowd went wild. Kirk came out, crowd went wild. And then the match itself, you know, it was a good match because you could tell they didn't want to get Ronda into the match quickly. Like, you could tell, you know, because Triple H was beating up on Kurt and Stephanie was kind of interfering, you know, like grabbing Kurt's leg or, you know, doing something against Kurt. And, you know, Kurt would try to go and tag Ronda. But then you'll see Stephanie run around to Ronda's corner and grabs her, her leg and just, you know, pulls her leg. Ronda falls, hits the floor. So Kurt couldn't make the tag. Like, you, you could tell that they didn't want to get Ronda into the match quickly you know it was it was a build-up to that within the match which i thought was genius because there was already a you know a bunch of hype on ronda anyway so for them to prolong it to kind of have the fans wanting more and more and more by not allowing kurt to get the pass you know i mean i thought that was a good little little factor in the match um but then boy when ronda got in that match oh man Ronald was on fire, you know, those those rapid punches, um, the submissions. I mean Yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a it was a good debut for Ronda in the WWE. I thought it was a good debut. And you know, at at one point they had it to where, you know, Triple H, like Ronda wanted to fight Triple H. And Triple H was like, Oh, you, you wanna fight me? What? You sure? Really? You serious? Now the ref was like, "Nah, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that." Ref trying to stop it, but Triple H was like, "No, ref, let me, let me, let me go ahead and take care of this, whatever, whatever." So, 
you know, Ronda and Triple H in the ring, they're they're squaring up on each other. You know what I'm saying? But all of a sudden, Ronda just like you know, out of like a, a flash of lightning, give the Triple H the, the punches. Boom, 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 boom. Had had him, you know, in the corner. Ronda again continuous punches. Boom, 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 boom. boom. Like Ronda was bringing it to him. You know, so I mean, it was it was a good debut for Ronda. It I, I liked it a lot. So. Yeah, it was uh Rhonda impressed me, man. It was uh she did the Hurricanrana on Triple H, you know, she put the armbar on Triple H, like she uh yeah. she did several submission moves and she had that the look on her face uh reminded me of how she was in the UFC fighting cage. And you know what's funny? Uh I think last night she actually addressed her losses at, at UFC. Finally, she she addressed her losses. She was like uh she said, I'm glad that I lost both of those matches. She said, but, you know, everything happens for a reason. She was like, I'm glad I lost those because it gave me an, it, it kind of opened the door, gave me an opportunity where I really, really wanted to do since I was a kid. And that's like, you know, be a part of wrestling or whatever. And the whole Roddy Piper, you know, outfit, man, that thing was awesome. I loved that. You know, with the kilt and the Rowdy shirt, man, that, that was on point. Yeah, I mean, at first I didn't like it. At first I'm like, nah, you you can't do Roddy. Stop it. Leave it alone. But it, you know, I guess Ronda got the blessing from his family to to wear his jacket and you know have that persona. So I guess if if, if his people like it, then you know I guess I'm with it. You know, I guess. Now, now shout <laughs> I now shout out to Ronda. To uh, Ronda Rousey, man. Uh, a hats off to her, man. I, I give this a, a four and a half star match just by entertainment purposes. Now, here's a little bit of a tidbit information. Alicia Fox, she got pulled from the Women's Battle Royal because she got into it with Ronda Rousey's husband. That That's not true. That's not I, true. I, I, I was, seen the video. I was reading up. No, but I was, I was reading up on something, I think, this morning. A little bit last night, but some some this morning, it was an update. They said, "Well, no, Alicia wasn't medically wasn't cleared yet medically to perform." Okay, that's what they're reporting. So, I know at first they were saying that, but they were like, "Nah, Alicia wasn't medically cleared." Now that could be a lie too, just to cover up the incident and its effect on her not being there. I'm not sure, but that was reported that. Alicia Fox wasn't medically cleared to perform in the Battle Royals. So. Now, now that you mentioned that, I didn't hear Roman <laughs> that she was uh, actually injured uh, to a certain degree, but I'm not sure why. Now, I'm not sure that the whole video between the uh, word exchange between her and Rousey's husband was like a work or if it was legit. But, you know, how you know, how Alicia is and how her crazy persona is, it seems as though that it, it's a work because just out of the way she added you know, but we, you know we'll see. That that remains to be seen. But you know, maybe that's a new rivalry. Who knows? But uh, going into oh, what what rating would you give this match? Oh, the um the U.S. U.S. Championship match. Well, both the U.S. and uh, the tag team match for Rossi. Yeah, because I I think we forgot that one to rate that one. Too. <laughs> I think we forgot to rate. Um, well, first the the U.S. match, I would say a four. Wow. I would say a four. Um, I mean, it was a good match. I mean, 
I think people were expecting Rusev to win. Like Rusev has a following now. Like that that Rusev day has just grown sporadically. Like everybody's saying Rusev day now. So, you know, I I, I definitely wasn't seeing that occurring with Rusev because at, at one point Rusev was like the most hated heel yeah. <laughs> in the WWE, but now all of a sudden like the, the people love him. So, but again, I'm happy that Jinder won. Um, Randy, you know, Randy had to put somebody over. <laughs> Wasn't sure who, <laughs> but Randy had to put somebody over. Um, Bobby Roode, definitely want to see what this means for him. You know, um, I don't want Bobby Roode to just fall by the wayside because Bobby Roode is a good wrestler too. So we'll we'll see how they kind of put that together. But overall, I would have to say a four. Hmm. Okay. A four, a four for the U.S. title match. It was a good match. I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought, I thought it was a good match. You know, so. interesting. All right. So, what about the mixed match, mismatch uh, tag team? Ooh. Uh, oh. Uh, mm. uh, man, that's tough. Uh, I would say a four. Okay. Yeah. I would say a four. Not not the greatest match in the world. Um but I would I would definitely have to say a four. Definitely have to say a four. Yeah, it's not the greatest match in the world, but entertainment purposes it, it delivered. I I would definitely say a four. So moving on to the SmackDown tag titles. Um I can start this one off. Um uh, the the only highlight to this match, I will say, is the New Day's entrance and Xavier Woods trombone Dragon Zord call. Yes, which I hope you guys, l- l- listeners, caught. <laughs> you know, because when I heard it, I was like, "Wait a minute, is that the?" <laughs> I know that call. Like, wait a minute, and you know what's funny? Jason David Frank even ch- even uh, mentioned it in, on his Instagram or whatever what he did uh, Xavier Woods so I thought that was funny as well yeah. so if you guys follow Jason David Frank he 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 did play the Green Ranger on the in Power Rangers like the you know first couple seasons so he shouted that out on his Instagram you know what Xavier Woods did you know on the trombone and doing the Dragon Zord call so you know people people definitely took notice of that yeah. I thought it was cool I thought it was cool but it wasn't really much to this match man you know Harper oh. and Rowan won with the power bomb off the top rope, and yeah, uh, yeah. Nah, uh, was, I was actually kind of bored with it. It wasn't it wasn't a great match to me. I was kind of, I was kind of bored because I I kind of knew that they were going to win anyway. I mean, you know, the Bludgeon Brothers. I mean, from their first appearance on SmackDown, like you already knew because they were built up to be this dominant force, this dominant tag team. You know, and I think SmackDown needed a new, fresh, you know, tag team, you know, appearance. So, yeah. why not just get the Bludgeon Brothers, you know, and for those who don't know, they were formerly of the Wyatt family. So, but it became the, the, the Bludgeon Brothers. And I mean, and, and they're good. They're, they're talented. They can wrestle. Mm-hmm. So, nothing against them. But I just think SmackDown wanted some fresh faces to hold those titles. And you know what? I can't. I can't be mad at that. Can't be mad at that. So, you know, we'll see. 
we'll see what happens in the future. Um, but yeah, what about you? What, what do you think about that? Man? <sighs> what much to it, man? I give it a two and a half. And that's unfortunate considering the talent that's in that ring, you know, and maybe how short it is, and maybe it had yeah. to follow the the angle Stephanie Triple H Ronda Rousey deal. Maybe that maybe that's the reason. But the crowd wasn't really into it like that. You know, I guess it was so winded from the previous match. But, yeah, I, I give it a two and a half. Well, you know what? I, I think if the Bludgeon Brothers weren't involved, I think the crowd would have been more into it because the crowd, they're more familiar with the Usos and the New Day. And people love, and people love that rivalry. So I think if it was just those two teams, I think it probably would have been a better match. Yeah. I think, you know. But having, but having, you know, the brothers come in, Bludgeon Brothers come in and, and, win, and win the titles. I mean, that's – it's a curveball, but it's a curveball that we saw coming. Yeah. Somewhat. Yeah, it's a curveball we saw coming. You know, I mean, we was able to hit that curveball. You know, we, we was good for that one. Yeah. So, yeah. What, what rating would you give this? Would you give it a two and a half? Yep. I'd give it a two. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, there's not much to say about it. But moving on, John Cena versus The Undertaker. Now, I'm going to say this about John Cena. This has been <laughs> – John Cena been entertaining throughout the whole WrestleMania because he was just sitting there chilling like a fan drinking beer. And it's funny to see a beer in Cena's hand. You know, he's just sitting there just watching as a fan. You know, people try to interview you. say, man, don't interview me. I'm watching a match, man. You know, it's a good thing going on. It was It was – entertaining to say the least and then you know he gets word that Undertaker's in the back and then he comes out and then he gets word that Undertaker's not here then Elias comes out in all his uh, glory and starts playing and um, Elias is always entertaining to me and then of course Cena's pissed off about the situation you know puts Elias down takes him out with the AA and then finally the Undertaker's gear shows up in the middle of the ring with a lightning bolt and then gear yeah. disappears. Undertaker shows up. And pretty much a quick match, a squash, pretty much. Choke slam, tombstone power driver. You know, Undertaker wins, go home. So and I don't I don't know how to rate this match. Because it's not it wasn't really a match. It was more or less a a, a squash man type thing. I mean now Undertaker is quick. Like I don't know what kind of training he's done in the past year. But he been moving around like the old Undertaker. Like, he was very quick. You know, he was jumping around the ring, you know, doing old school and all that stuff. And it was it was something to see. So, you know, to, to be honest with you, I really didn't see the purpose of having this match except to have that John Cena effect over WrestleMania to promote it, to make it big. You know, because John Cena, I mean, he he's a movie star. Like you said, he's been entertaining people, you know what I'm saying? But John Cena is, is such a big name. I think Vince wanted to kind of use that name still to promote this WrestleMania, which I don't think he really needed to do that. But because there, there really wasn't a purpose for the match. You know, John was like, well, hey, you know, I still want to do this. I still want to be part of WrestleMania, blah, blah, blah. So what the hell? I'm going to call it The Undertaker. Of all people to call out, I'm going to call out The Undertaker, you know, for my 
my potential match at WrestleMania. You know, now I mean it was good build up, I guess, because he, you know, on his Raws, and I guess SmackDown, you know, he's calling them out, calling them out, calling them out. He's getting the crowd involved. Like, hey, if you guys want to see the Undertaker, you know, bring him out, shout him out. So the crowds are getting involved now. The crowd's like Undertaker, Undertaker. So the crowds getting involved now. You know, so like they're doing a good job selling this. You know, because at the same time you're selling this match between him and Taker, you're also selling WrestleMania. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think Vince or who or whomever wanted the youth scene to kind of push WrestleMania and to get those subscribers. Cause you know, they kept promoting, well, hey, if you subscribe now, you get to watch it for free or something like that or whatever. So it was it was it looked like it was another attempt to promote and to hype up WrestleMania. Not so much the match itself, because to be honest with you, I really didn't care for the match to begin with. Yeah. But I think just for purposes for marketing and PR and advertising, I think that was the only reason to have that match. The match itself, I mean, you know, it's great to see Undertaker back in the ring. It's good because, hell, he's lost the previous two WrestleManias. Well, not the previous. So, you know, Huh? Previous to he lost the last one, but the one before last, he he wrestled uh Shane. And he, I thought it was Brock. Nah, uh, the one before that was Brock. It was okay, 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 yeah, okay, okay. So yeah, he uh, and you know, again with these streaks, Taker had a streak of not losing at WrestleMania, but when he lost to Brock, you know, now all of a sudden it's different now, and then you know. Wrestle Shane because he he beat Shane didn't he he, he beat Shane. Yeah, he did and then yeah after that you know Roman faces him and then Roman beats him which I think pissed the crowd off you know what I'm saying it's like God Brock beat him now Roman like oh my gosh so having Taker beat Cena at this WrestleMania it it gave Taker to work out some bad juju some bad energy you know what I'm saying and definitely got the crowd happy again, you know. So I mean it was it was good for marketing purposes. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> for the crowd standpoint, it was a good deal. You know, Cena now I was expecting a longer match because Cena and Undertaker never met in the ring against each other <laughs> at a major pay per view of that level. So um maybe they'll meet again at Backlash. I'm I'm thinking that's probably what's gonna happen that you know Cena got caught off guard because he was off his game because he wasn't expecting Undertaker to show up. And then at that point, Undertaker just went, you know, heavy hitting and storyline wise. So, I mean, match wise, I would give it a two because, I mean, it was too quick for me. I was looking for like a kick out or a false finish or something. But right. on a fan standpoint, I would give it like a three and a half or four because, you know, Undertaker is Undertaker. But I don't think Cena and Undertaker was the selling point. Of WrestleMania, I'm thinking the next match we are talking about will be the selling point, considering that somebody came back from a few years of not wrestling. And right, um, <clears throat> what what rating would you give uh, Cena for Sunday before we go into this? Go into the next. I I give it a three. I give it a three. Okay, all right. So moving into the Daniel Bryan, Shane Man versus Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. The minute that Daniel Bryan said that he's going to wrestle again and he's going to wrestle at WrestleMania. Whatever tickets that WWE could not sell for WrestleMania, they got sold out immediately. 
like because of Daniel Bryan. Like as soon as he said, "Hey, I can wrestle again," and I would be at WrestleMania, them tickets flew out the window, man. Within like forty eight hours, they were gone. Yeah, it was gone. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, Daniel Bryan, he is a he's a draw. I mean, people people love Daniel Bryan. You know, like they 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 love him. You know, and that that stadium which was sold out. I mean, it was like 79,000 people yeah. and everybody, everyone's doing the yes chant. I mean, that, that, that's definitely telling you something. <laughs> that's definitely telling you something, you know, I mean, it was, I mean, that, it was a good match. It was a good match. And again, I liked how similar to what Stephanie did, you know, with Rhonda, it was something similar to this match as well, because, when Shane and Daniel got to the ring before the match started, you know, they played, um, I think it was Kevin Owens music or whatever, but instead of coming out, you know, through, through the front, the entrance, they jumped up from behind and they, and they beat him down pretty good. And, you know, Daniel Bryan, you know, was supposedly allegedly hurt out of commission for like 20 minutes, you know what I'm saying? So he outside the ring, you know, on the ground with the medical staff being tended to and you know Shane's like no forget that forget that let's have the match so it was a two on one match you know for a little while and Shane was holding his own Shane was now normally I don't like non wrestlers wrestling but Shane was but Shane was holding his own and you know and we all know Shane you know he he's wrestled before, and you know he's he's good at it. But I never thought of Shane in that light. That's just I mean, even with Stephanie. Now Stephanie was you know a women's champion. I get it. I get it. I get that. But I never. I mean, hell, even with Vince, like I never saw them as wrestlers. I never did. I never. I never. I never really cared for that. You know, even though it was entertaining at at some points, I just never saw them like that. So in, in that light, so. To see Shane hold his own against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, you know, it was it was it was it was good. It was interesting, you know. So I mean, it was it was entertaining. I, I I'll say that. But so Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, they 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 overpowered them. You know, they were because I think didn't Shane have surgery uh, beforehand? He had uh, divert diverticulitis, and he had a hernia. Yeah. So you know, at some points of the match. Sammy and Kevin were just focusing on that area in his stomach, you know, his his injured stomach, and they were just kicking it and jumping on it and stuff like that. And you know, Shane still holding his own, still you know putting up a good fight, but it was just too much for him. And when it, it looked like they were gonna get the win, Sammy and Kevin had him, you know, on the ground, you know, for the one, two, three pin. Out of nowhere, Daniel Bryan just hops in the ring, saves him from from that three count. And now all of a sudden, Daniel Bryan is just healthy, good to go, ready to wrestle, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. All over the place. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a nice buildup to prolong his entrance in the ring. Yeah. No, so it was it was, it was a nice little buildup. It, it was, man. Um, Anybody can tell you, any wrestler in WWE can tell you, Shane has this look in his eye that when you see that look in his eye, he's gonna do something crazy when he leaves when he goes to that. <laughs> like even Steve even said it in table for three. He said uh, at WrestleMania, uh, uh-huh. he, uh, Shane had a certain look, 
And Sting was like, he about to do something crazy. <laughs> you know, and that's that's the same night that he jumped off the top of the hell in a cell. And crazy. Yeah, Undertaker moved. And crazy. Bubba Ray even says that he said, well, Shane is more like his dad. You know, they're not going to express weakness by any shape or form. And Shane would not miss a WrestleMania if he's scheduled to, to be at a WrestleMania. Like, he had diverticulitis. If I'm pronouncing that right, I'm sorry. Um, and a hernia. Even with all that, he was like, screw all this. I'm going to show up at WrestleMania. And he did. And, you know, he's not going to miss a show for no other reason. He's not going to not say, oh, I can't make this match. Because that's, cause according to Bully, it's something Vince can hold over Shane. Like, ha, you missed your match. You know, you eat. You know, something like that. You know, just like a tease. So, yeah. Vince is the same way. Like, uh, I remember when Vince was walking to the ring and he uh, torn both of his quads getting in the ring. And he was just like just sitting there in the ring talking trash or whatever, but he kept on going with the show. So, like, Shane is tough. Like, Shane is possibly He's very tough. He's very one of the tough. toughest. But um, considering that Daniel Bryan is back in the ring, he, he's moving like the old Daniel Bryan, showing no signs of injury whatsoever, flying yep. all over the place. Yep. It, yep. Uh, they won the match. Uh, I'm not sure what that what that means for for Kevin and, and Sammy. Maybe they can just go to Raw because they say they'd be going for SmackDown. So uh, I know they reiterated on that. So I would give this match a four, considering that it's Daniel Bryan. You know, I'll give it a four and a half. I'll give it a four and a half. Okay. I, I do, and that's and that's really because of Shane. Not so much Daniel Bryan, but because of Shane. I mean, Shane, because you're right. I mean, Shane's not going to miss a match, you know, with the hernia and all that. I mean, it, Shane definitely sold that match pretty, 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 pretty down, pretty damn good, you know. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a four and a half. I'll give it four and a half. So, and, you know, so moving on to the next match, which is the. Uh, one of my personal favorites, honestly, is the Raw Women's Title match between Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax. You know, yes, it it made. I'm gonna tell you right now, that match told a great story because you know, even though Alexa is smaller in size, she still has somewhat of an advantage over Nia Jax considering her size. And okay, yes, when Nia came in there, uh, she destroyed. Mickey James, like she just eliminated the whole interference aspect of the match. Like she just swung Mickey from one end to the other. It was brutal. <laughs> like, which was smart. Yeah. Which was very smart. So she took out Mickey right, you know, right before the match started. And then uh, you know, Naya was pretty much showing her dominance in the, in the at first, and then Alexa Bliss finally gets the, the leg up, if you will, because she took out Nia's leg and started working right. her leg and started doing a twisted bliss outside the ring. It was yep. it was a pretty good match. Now, following the Daniel Bryan match, it's a tough act to follow. Cause, and this is one of those situations where the crowd is winded from the, from the match prior. So, unfortunately, there wasn't that much heat for that match, but the crowd did react when Nia Jax actually finally get her WrestleMania moment and winning the Raw Women's title. You remember a few months back I told you that's why they're not letting Nia win the title right now? Because they're going to give it to her at WrestleMania? Right. Yeah, you did. You did. She told me. <clears throat> it's, it's well deserved. You know what I mean? So, 
I think she's going to have a title for a while. And, you know, I can't think of no other better way. So I give this match really a four. Uh, I, yeah, I, I give it a four. I mean, Naya was just dominant. I mean, at one point, Naya picked Alexa Bliss, like just picked her up and just, and just put over her head, like, like a, you know, like it, it, like Naya is strong. Like people forget how strong Naya is. Like when I saw her hold Naya, I mean, hold Alexa Bliss over her head, like, like she's just like a piece of paper or something, something light, you know, like, okay, this is definitely going to go bad for Alexa Bliss. Yeah. yeah, You know what I'm saying? And especially that, you know, Nia took out Mickey James. Now it was, it's one-on-one now. No no interference, no nothing. It's just them two. And, and I mean, it was well-deserved, you know, because I think the crowd really felt for Nia because of all the comments Alexa was making about her, her weight, and all that stuff, all the body shaming, which – we all know it's not real, so let's let's throw that out there. A little disclaimer, you know, for those who actually think that Alexa meant that she didn't. It was just to build. It was just to build the matchup because we all know Nia is a big girl. You know, she's big. You know what I'm saying? But she's dominant. But she's dominant as well. Like she can wrestle. She can move. She's a powerhouse. So to have Alexa say those those mean comments about Nia, and then you know you, you saw on Raw Nia getting emotional and you know starting to cry a little bit, then it turned to anger. Now Nia is heading backstage on, on Raw, trying to find Alexa, trashing the locker room, trashing everything. You know, it. the fans really felt for her. So the fans got behind her, you know, which I thought was genius, you know, because body shaming, we all know that's a big deal just in real life. Like nowadays, people get shamed for their weight. We know that. You know, and uh, Alexa being the cute, skinny, blonde girl, which which people forget about, that also played a factor. You know what I'm saying? Because hey, not not every girl is cute, skinny, and blonde. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So when they when 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 they see Naya, who may not be so perfect image wise, that that makes people get behind Naya. You know what I'm saying? On top of the fact that Naya's being picked on by this you know this champion, this bully, and then the equally beautiful Mickey James, who's also short, skinny, athletic, not blonde, but you know, she's pretty, you know what I'm saying? So you have this, this mean girls effect aspect to it. So, you know, it was, it was, it was a lot of heat to it, but you're right. You can't really follow up the Daniel Bryan match. I mean, it's hard. It's, it's a tough act to follow, but I don't think it was that tough. I think people were really waiting for this match. <laughs> but between Alexa Bliss and Nia, yeah. personally, so you know what's funny is that this this WrestleMania was going on for so long, I completely forgot about the about match. Like I, I completely forgot about. It. I was like, uh, oh man, I forgot. Man, that's Nia Jackson, it's a Bliss, and I'm like, okay, okay, there's more, there's more to this WrestleMania. It's like it's it's, I think it was 13 matches total. For for WrestleMania as a whole, I, I think that's that's what the number is. But uh, <clears throat> what what rating would you actually give this match? Alexa Bliss, I give it a four and a half. Four and a half. Yep. And that's that's and that's match and hype included. Okay, match and hype included. So now moving on to the the WWE title match. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
So, oh my God, that match! I loved it. I loved it. Hey, I'm gonna just say, okay. I loved it. <clears throat> the AJ Styles Shinsuke Nakamura match. Now, first of all, shout out to the guitarist for from Alice Cooper for doing the intro for Nakamura. That thing was awesome. That she was like one of the best female guitarists like in the world. So it was awesome to see, you know, AJ Styles. AJ Styles came out to his, you know, regular <clears throat> uh, entrance, and he got the power roll like normal and stuff. Like right. That. So, um, now those of you are not familiar with AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, they they been deeming it the dream match because WWE was pretty much riding on the coattails of the. New Japan Pro Wrestling match that they had in New Japan, which you can always see on the NJPW Network, which is a great match. Now, also, keep in mind this. This is the WWE match. It's not a uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling style match. So, And I was telling Ricky here and there, if they give them time to cut loose and unleash the handcuffs, then this possibly will be the, the match stealer of the night. And it start off slower pace. It start off at a slower pace than any other match on the card. You know, surprisingly so. You know, they exchanged submissions. You know, it was a pretty solid match. You know, uh, uh, Nakamura was going for the Kinshasa, and uh, Styles ducked it. Did the Styles Clash retain the WWE title? You see, Styles help Nakamura up, give him a hug, as a show of respect. Nakamura takes the title, bow down. Gave Styles the belt and then low blows him after the match. So it's like, whoa. Hilarious. Freaking hilarious. I, was like, I laughed my butt off. I laughed my butt off when I saw <laughs> I was like, oh, buddy. Now, let, let's, let's be clear. AJ Styles have been pl- has played the heel and the baby face in any company that he was with. But for Nakamura to, to turn heel is something different. Because this type of Nakamura was vicious. Like, he, his kicks were solid. His knee shots were solid. You know, he pretty much beat AJ down and then walked away. And kind of like, nah, I'm done with this. You know, and it was something that I, I didn't see. That was another curveball that I did not see coming. So. I- you know what's funny? You know what's funny? You have two Asians win Royal Rumble just to have the same Asians lose WrestleMania. Ain't that something? Yeah. <laughs> well, matter of fact, three. It's, that's something? it's three. That's crazy. Because it's Asuka, Shinsuke Nakamura, and uh, Kadi Sane. Because Kadi Sane won the May Young Classic. And she got a right. at the Women's Royal Rumble. Like she, was the, she was one of the first ones to get eliminated. Oh, matter of fact, so that's three. <laughs> so, oh, man. Um, oh, man. I, I was looking for Shinsuke to actually win this match, but you know, he probably, what what's gonna happen is uh, they're probably gonna have a rematch at Backlash and then Nakamura probably be AJ Styles then at that point and then yeah, go from there, but <sighs> Back, Backlash or SummerSlam? Backlash. Because uh Backlash is an actual joint pay per view. I think what they're gonna do this year is not gonna have separate pay per views with SmackDown have theirs, Raw have theirs. So I think all the other pay-per-views for the rest of the year is going to be joint. Really? Yeah. I think that's what it's going to be. So, given this match rating, 
uh, I, I, I wasn't, what's the word? I overestimated this match because it's not what I really wanted it to be. So I give it a three. Well, you know, a lot of people were saying that because I was, I was reading, I was reading comments and a lot of people pretty much had the same, had the same idea as you because they, they, they said the same things, you know, as you like, Hey, you know, new Japan, you know, they, you know, these guys were awesome. Now all of a sudden this match wasn't what it, it was supposed to be right. because people, people are familiar with Shinsuke and um, AJ from new Japan. But I mean, people know, it's like, nah, this wasn't what I thought it was going to be. But, and I think, now, to the listeners, if, if you thought that this was going to be like New Japan type stuff, I don't know. That 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 probably wasn't the right mindset to have. Because, I mean, you know, Vince, he runs this show very differently than, than other companies. So, there was a good chance that it probably wasn't going to be the same to what you all are used to. Which is fine. I mean, it's Vince. It's WWE. I mean, they that's how they do things, you know. So I think what Nakamura did at the end, he low blowed him. I think that's what kind of got people kind of excited. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even though the match was good, unexpected, but it was still good. I think it was that that low blow that Nakamura did and that beatdown that he gave AJ. I think that's what got people kind of excited, you know what I'm saying. So, wasn't wasn't a total loss, not not a total loss, but I think this is the the beginning of a of a of a great rivalry in WWE. But just as long as they do it right, do it proper, you know, it could be something special. So, yeah. So, what rating would you actually give this? Because of the low blow. And him turning heel, possibly, I say four and a half. Four and a half. All right. So Rick gives a four and a half. I give it a three. You know, because I was expecting a, a way better match. But maybe this this is waiting for Batlash. Maybe this the match that we really want to see will be at Batlash, and and I'm seeing that in the future. So, uh, moving on to uh, the Raw Tag Team Titles. Yes, yes, I love that too. Yes. I'm gonna be honest. From entertainment yes. purposes, not the oh. match itself, I would give yes. it a five. I'd give it a ten if I could. <laughs> give it a five. Freaking Braun Strowman, that dude is good on the mic, and he was like, Who wants to be Braun Strowman's partner? And he goes out in the crowd, he starts looking, and he starts looking. Now I'm thinking it's Ray Mysterio, right? He might find right, but nah. No, it wasn't none of that. He actually comes out, and he finds a kid in the crowd. He say, you, come here. You're like, you come, and he grabs him by the hand. He walks with him, and he gets him in the ring, and he asks him, he say, hey, you want to um, give Cesaro and Sheamus these hands? Because I'm going to go give him these hands. So you get in the ring, and you're like, get in the ring. You know, you got <laughs> – no, no, because he was scared. He was, You know, because, because Braun had, had – he opened up the ropes for him to get in the ring, but the, but and you know for all the listeners, the the, the little boy name is Nicholas. Yes. Right? So Nicholas just Nicholas for some reason was scared to get into the ring, and then Braun was like, "Hey, get in the ring. The ropes are open for you." 
he wouldn't get in. So Braun looked he's like, get in the ring. He got in the ring so quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Because Braun's like, look, Braun's like 7'2. This little Nicholas is like, I don't, he's like a little kid. He's, a little boy. he's like 9, 10 years old. He's a little small boy. So yeah. to have this giant yell at you, get in the ring. Hey, I'd be scared too. I'd be pretty scared too. That was, you know, that was great. That was the WrestleMania moment that I was like looking for, man. I mean, all in all, Strowman won the match. He tagged the kid in, right? So I lost. I ain't gonna lie, I lost my shit. You know, excuse my friends, but I lost it. I was like, okay, this kid is in here, and I off air. I told y'all like, man, if this kid runs up and kicks Cesaro in the face and tags Strowman, uh, Strowman in, I would have lost it, dude. I would have lost it. And I found out this morning that the identity of the kid. It's uh, one of the referees. It was his kid. Right, right. And he picked him out in the crowd, and he he got him on. I don't know if it's the referee that was refereeing that match, but, um, yeah, he's actually, you know, he got the kid in. And, hey, they say Strowman find a partner. They didn't say, they didn't discriminate who, you know, was going to be his partner. And Strowman, now let's back up for a second. Strowman actually pushed the Mardi Gras float, the Mardi Gras float off the stage. Because yeah, <laughs> right. uh, Cesaro and Sheamus came, like their entrance was on a Mardi Gras float, and they had like actors or I guess people dressed up in Mardi Gras um, costumes, which was dope. I thought it was dope because I mean they're in New Orleans. I mean why not? You know. Yeah. So that was dope. You know, and then you know Braun comes out. Now, now mind you the actors or the people in the costumes are still on the float. So when Prawn comes out, you know, he hops on the float. He's in front of the actors or the people in the costumes. And all of a sudden he looks at them and he scares them. And then they all start running away, you know, saying down the ring, you know, scared like in the costume. I mean, it was dope. And then Prawn pushes the Mardi Gras float off of the, um, what's we call it, onto the floor, breaks that. You know what I'm saying? So, and then, and, and then that's when he went into the, you know, partner. Like, he's in, you know, looking out to the crowd, and he's actually going in the crowd, walking through the crowd, and, you know, like, who wants to be my partner? And then you can hear people just, let me do it, let me do it. I mean, people just, let me do it, I'll be your partner. And then, you know, that's when he sees little Nicholas. <laughs> out of out of nowhere, he's like, "You, you come with me." Yeah, that that it was awesome, man. It it was like it was a uh, what you call it, WrestleMania magic, like that. What Strowman did? Hey, bro, hold on, hold on one second, hold on one second, give me one second, hold on one second. Sorry about that, listeners. I had to get a package real quick. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Yeah, no problem. No problem. So, the uh, Braun Strowman, like his, uh, what he did with the kid, that what WrestleMania is supposed to be. That that WrestleMania magic with the crowd interactions or whatever, because what Strowman did brought the crowd back in after the long hours they were sitting there and cheering and all this stuff, all those matches that they saw, he brought them back in. And then, you know, of course, he won the Raw Tag Team title. So I'm going to give this match a five just by entertainment purposes, just by the, the presence, because Strowman can be a bad guy and a good guy. 
and kids love it. <laughs> yeah, they love them to death. So I, I give it a five, man. What rating would you give it? You know what? I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a ten. Bump that. I'm gonna give it a ten. Hey, Lord. And you know what? To all the listeners, I'm gonna say this. To all you listeners who had a problem with that, with him getting a kid, I, you know, out out of the crowd and bringing him in the ring, because I read the comments. A lot of people weren't happy with that. You know, I, I read those comments like, oh, how could you guys do this? How could you guys go get a kid and bring them in? Like, you guys just ruined this. You guys ruined the Raw Tag Team Championship moment. Like, you guys aren't taking this seriously. Listen, wrestling has really always really been for youth, kids. Really, to be honest with you, you know what I'm saying? And because when we were kids, E, we looked up to wrestlers and, you know, we wanted to be wrestlers and we did the wrestling moves, you know what I'm saying, even though we shouldn't have done it, but we did it anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, we were kids because we loved it. So what Braun did, I had no issue with it. But for you guys, not saying that all of you, but all those who are listening, for some of you guys to be mad that he brought a kid into the ring to have this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and to become a champion? Come on. You guys need to grow up. Seriously. Grow up. You know, he's a kid. He's nine years old or ten or whatever. I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I mean, hell, if I was a kid, I would have loved to get in the ring with Shawn Michaels or Diesel or Razor Ramon. I would have loved that if that was going on back back in the day. You know what I'm saying? So for you guys to be mad about that, look, th- th- this is for the fans, okay? WrestleMania is for the fans. It, it is a fan experience. It's called World Wrestling Entertainment for a reason. It's for, it's for the fans to enjoy, for the kids to enjoy. You understand? So don't be mad. Don't be mad at, at little Nicholas, you know what I'm saying, for, for living his dream and getting that spotlight, you know, to, 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 to be in the ring in front of millions of people with, in the ring with wrestlers and to hold a championship belt. That was a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and I'm glad that the company did it. And they should do, do more of that just to get more people involved. So that's, that's my little two cents on that. Yeah, man, that's, that's a good uh... – Good analysis. I mean, yeah, I read some of the comments too. You know, some people was like, "Nah, you know, you kind of, you know, Shayna Baszler been a good tag team champion. You kind of, you know, uh, took a crap on it, this, that, and the third. I'm like, no, nah, man, this this what makes WrestleMania awesome. You know, you bring no, those those comments were brutal. I'm like, why why would you pick on a kid? He's a kid. Why would yeah. you pick on him? He's nine. He's ten. You know what I'm saying? And guess what? And guess what? That Nicholas will never forget this for the rest of his life. Never, he will never forget this moment. He will never forget it. And you know what? He may even become a wrestler when he grows up. And he might be one of the greats when he becomes a wrestler, if he does it. You know? I mean, like, this this could mean something great in the future for little Nicholas. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, leave, leave the kid alone, okay? Stop stop picking on him, all right? Keyboard stop warriors. <laughs> That's what we call them, keyboard warriors. No, because, I mean, that 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 pissed me off. I'm not, and, you know, to all the listeners, not saying that it was all of you who felt that way because I'm I'm sure some of you enjoyed it. But there were some people who commented and were just saying awful stuff. I mean, like, like he's nine. He's a nine-year-old kid. But to have that experience, I mean, that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I mean, that that's great for him. I'm, I'm happy for little Nicholas. So all you guys who made those nasty comments, kick rocks, okay? Kick rocks. Go back to whatever rock you crawled out of or whatever and just, I don't know, do something bad to yourself. 
I don't care. You know, We're gonna swing off a cliff or something, man. I don't care. Just, just, I don't care. Just leave him alone. I loved it. It was a good thing for the fans. So, yeah. So you know, uh, all in all, this match was awesome. This probably, uh, arguably, possibly the most entertaining, one of the most entertaining matches of the car. Now we're gonna, now we're gonna go into the uh, main event, which, in my opinion, was a hundred percent grade A pasteurized dumpster juice. Wow, that that's wow. Okay, that that, that I'm, I'm gonna I'll, let me let me take the rain on this one for for a second, man. I'm go gonna ahead. go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. When I say this match was dumpster juice, this match was trash. And I mean trash. It, it was like, I'm going to give it a one. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to give it a one-star match, man. Because A, not because of Lesnar and Reigns. It because A, the crowd was not in it, for one. They was making CM Punk chants. I heard there was beach balls being thrown around. I heard there was uh, a, a field attempt at a wave. During this match, uh, yeah, it was you could hear him. Yeah, you could hear him to, to, to make the wave sound. So yeah, yeah. But he was like CM Punk chance, and you heard uh, the crowd saying, "This is awful." You know, not this is awesome. It was this is awful. You know, you would think, you know, Reigns Reigns caught three F fives back to back. Right, he kicked out every single one of them. You would think that get the crowd into it. Wrong. The crowd wasn't even invested in this match. Nobody reacted to him kicking out whatsoever. So the crowd started chanting, started doing the boring chance, and then okay, he put Reigns through the announce table with an F five. Reigns kicked out in a, yet another F five, and then Reigns got busted open. You know, which was fake. You know, of course, the blood was just a little bit over the top. With yeah. um, you know, I did see on some other uh, video that. He put up a very good point. He said, well, you had Ciampa and Gargano being a more brutal in in a similar style match, but no blood. But you have this main event match, which was not good whatsoever, having to bleed. And maybe that was like the last resort, like to bring out the blood or whatever and make it, you know, make it what it is. And then Lesnar, you know, finally wins with the sixth L5. Like it took six L5s. To put Reigns down. Now, Reigns as a talent is good. Like he's very athletic. He's very athletic. And you know, me, you know, Rick, me and you talked off here off and on about it here and there. It's just the fact that Reigns been through four main WrestleManias as the main event. Four of them for four years straight. Four years straight, man. <laughs> and and I I don't know. I don't know that WWE didn't have the stones to say not to pull the trigger on this because say he beat Brock Lesnar. Okay, what's next for Roman Reigns at this point? Maybe. I'm not sure. But I blame the WWE in this aspect for for how Reigns is being treated by the crowd because they want him to be a babyface. You know, they want him to be the guy. They want him to be the next John Cena. But that's not the case. You know, he's being pushed to the point that the crowd doesn't like him and there's more popular wrestlers that's out there and he's suffering because of it. You know, and I like Roman Reigns. You know, I, I think that promo he cut on Lesnar was a true promo because he spoke to me. I think he spoke from the heart 
even though, okay, you know, wrestling scripted in a way, you know, but he spoke from the heart saying, you know, Lesnar is a part-timer, you know, I'm a full-timer and, you know, he's not making appearances, but I'm here every Monday. I'm here every pay-per-view, which is a true statement. And at that point, I looked at that promo and I was like, you know what, this right here, this is a promo that's going to put Reigns over. And the crowd was behind him in a way. Not 100%, but it was getting there, and I was like, "Okay, this is the way. This is coming. This is coming to fruition." You know, maybe Vince knew something that the crowd didn't know. Because let's be honest, Vince is a genius at this stuff. So it's just one of those. It, it's a failure. You know, this is. Can you say that all four of those main events that did they all suck with Reigns? You know, the whole thing. The first one with Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins saving the match. The crowd went home happy, right? The next one, uh, let me think. It was uh, was it Reigns and Triple H, and it was an okay match. Lesnar won. Crowd didn't like it. Okay, the match kind of sucked anyway. Then the next one, you got him and Undertaker. You know they're more behind Undertaker than Reigns. Reigns beating Undertaker, and crowd didn't like it. And then here comes this year, yesterday, Lesnar and Reigns part two. Reigns still not winning, and the crowd completely crapped on this on this match altogether. So I, I'm doing my rant. What about you, Rick? I give it a one. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I think there are more people who wanted to see Roman win than I think what we all think. Like I, I think more more people wanted to see Roman win because I think people are getting are getting kind of tired of Brock, you know, being this this dominant, unbeatable guy. And I know we talked offline because, because you know, I told you I didn't like them. I mean, the, the match itself just wasn't good because, yeah, Roman, I guess he held his own, but Brock just looked too strong and too dominant. And I'm just like, the only person who really gave Brock, you know, a good match was Goldberg. And I mean, like recently, you know, not compared to what Brock did before in the past, but it's really been Goldberg to really give him Brock, you know, a really great match. And Goldberg and Brock going at it, that was entertaining because you had these two dominant forces. And even though, you know, Brock got the better of Goldberg, Goldberg got the better of Brock, it was it was back and forth and it was believable. Yeah. And I think I think people forget about that. Like these matches, like to me, to me, matches have to be believable. And if Brock is beating up all these guys, who else is left that people can believe will beat Brock? Now, you can throw Braun Strowman in there, sure. You know what I'm saying? But I don't even know if that would even happen. You know, I don't even know if 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 they would have Braun beat Brock. I think they might just have Brock just beat up on Braun, too. Like, they'll make the match believable, but I think in the end, they'll probably just give it to Brock just because he's Brock, and I have a problem with that. Now, and again, I think there were more people, even though they may not care for Roman, I think people were just getting kind of tired of seeing Brock be dominant all all the time. So I think a lot of them were just kind of rooting for Roman to get this win off, you know what I'm saying, just because they wanted to see Brock lose. You know, so, but now that Roman didn't, Roman, you know, Roman lost, so now it's like, okay, well, where where do we go from here? You know, and I don't know the blood. 
maybe. But again, I mean, you you already touched on it. I mean, the people weren't into it because the match itself was. I mean, I know Roman could have put up a better fight than that. Like, I know Brock's a big guy, get it? But Roman's a pretty big guy too. Like, let's let's not get this confused. Roman is a pretty big guy. He's he's muscular, athletic too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So Brock Brock's a little heavier than Roman. But I think they're the same height. I, I think they're both six three, six four, you know. And I, I think Brock is, I think twenty pounds heavier than Roman, if I'm not mistaken. But it's not it's not so far fetched that you know, Roman can't can't just can't beat him. I mean, no, Roman, Roman, Roman. I think could have brought it to him, but the match itself, I don't know. It just it fell in Brock's favor. And I think Roman could have wrestled better than that, but I don't think he was allowed to. <laughs> you know, I, I think they wanted Brock to win, and that was apparent. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I was I was hoping Roman would win. And now, people may not care if Roman loses that title to anybody else. Fine, whatever. But I think for just for that match, I think people wanted Roman to win, just because I think people are getting tired of Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I agree. I think they they just want the title shown every week versus every few weeks. I think that it was more or less that than Roman winning. Right. Uh, what what rating would you actually give this match? Because I heard you express your <laughs> your opinion about the match last night. Oh, I was angry. I'm I'm not giving it any rating. Nothing. Wow, not even a one. No. You're giving a zero. No. Good gosh. <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, the, the match wasn't entertaining at all, man. I, I, I mean, honestly, in a way, I feel sorry for Roman. In a way, you know, because it just, it's just unfortunate. I, I think maybe it was a last minute change because the fans knew the end result. You know, they knew the end result. They knew Roman was going to win. You know, they, they because it, it was Brock Lesnar's last match. And, and, and let's be clear, Brock Lesnar fulfilled all his contractual obligations, including extra appearances on on his contract. So a lot of people, I mean, even though Roman was cutting that 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 uh, shoot style promo on on Brock, you know, he fulfilled all his appearances. You know, even the extra stuff. So yeah. it, it wasn't like he just completely crapped on the company. It's just that he did all his contractual obligations and he did an extra appearance here and there, you know. I mean, um, he is a professional wrestler still. You know, there was a spot where him, Braun, and Kane was in a match against each other and Braun hit him too hard. And at that point, Brock punched Braun in the face. But you you couldn't read Brock's lips because he was saying, slow the F down. You know, that kind of thing. So, you know, at the end of the day, let's you know, Brock Lesnar did get his start in in wrestling, professional wrestling before the UFC because he was with OVW because he was part of that stock with Batista, John Cena, Randy Orton. Right. He, he was right. part of that stock. Yeah. So, you know, to say he's a brawler, he don't respect the company. I mean, he went through developmental. He went through the he went through the same thing that everybody else did. You know, but you know. Brock being as dominant and monstrous that he is, you know, I mean, I heard rumors of Bobby Lashley, you know, showing up and destroying Brock Lesnar and, you know, just destroying him. And I, I heard rumors that Brock may be going to drop the title on 
on tonight on Raw and just say, hey, I'm going to UFC and that'll be whack. That'll be so whack. I think that that, that would that would piss people off if, if they did that. Hey, but guess that'll what? Be, that'll but be a mistake. That'll that be a mistake. Off on but that would piss people off on Brock. So at that point, at that point, that means you, you know, you you gotta blame Vince too. Because well, you, know, well, you gotta blame because because well, I mean, because hell What's going on, everybody? This is Earth Smack the Mad Scientist from the Orange Phoenix Podcast, and I'm here with the long-awaited arrival of King Miles, the newest addition to Orange Phoenix. How you doing today, King? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I know we had a lot of scheduling conflicts coming up because you was one of the first people that I actually interviewed um, when I started Orange Phoenix at Bonsai Con. Yeah. And your personality just stuck with me. So I'm like, you know what? She's very, very awesome. You know, she do a lot of cosplay modeling and stuff like that. And she always visit conventions. And so um, just a little, for the, little story for the listeners out there. She is well-versed in anime, people. Well-versed. Yeah. Oh. And she do a lot of cosplay, too. So, um, so can you tell us about yourself? Um, I've been cosplaying for about two years now, two and a half years. I first got into cosplaying. Um, my little brother and I, we actually, um, we used to be in this game called Unison League. It was like a little anime game. It's an MMO for the phone. I love it. I still play it to this day. But he uh-huh. like, it'd be really cool to dress up as these characters. And it kind of just stuck with me. And that's when I kind of looked up. I was like, I kind of already knew what cosplay was, but I wasn't as into it at the time. I was more just anime and manga. But when I looked up cosplay, I was just amazed by what these people could do. I was amazed by the reactions and responses they got. And I was just, I, I wanted to be like them. And over the years, I've just been practicing. I've been trying and my cosplayers got more complex. And it's just, it's really fun. And it's just become something I absolutely love. And it's kind of a part of me now. So I just, it's something I do all the time. Awesome, awesome. And uh, I know you always post uh, like videos of your cosplay. And just tell the listeners where we can follow you. Um, I'm on YouTube as King Malice. I'm on Musical.ly as King Malice. I also have a Twitter. I don't really use it as much, but if uh, I have some stuff on there to check out, just everything's King Malice. Instagram, Musical.ly, YouTube. I post a lot of YouTube videos, like tutorials for certain stuff or like um, how-tos. And um, Musical.ly are just little fun videos I do. And then Instagram is where I post my finalized photos of cosplays and updates and like what cons I'll be going to. Awesome, awesome. I, I noticed that, you know, you generated uh, a huge following because I noticed that you have over 7,000 followers, you know, in a short amount of time. Is it because of your cosplay? Uh, do you credit that, you know, your followers to that? Um, I'd say yes and no. A lot of it, I believe, has to do with friends I've made over time and those friends will put me out there. And I, I don't want to say, like, I don't want to be, like, bragging or anything. I don't want to seem like a conceited person but I think it also has to do with like I believe I'm a genuinely nice person I love one goal in my life is to inspire people and get them to understand you can do what you want without having to be bothered by what other people think about you it's your life don't let other people tell you otherwise and I just I put a lot of my opinions out there and try to uplift people and I I believe that's what kind of gets people coming to me and like saying hey this person's pretty cool I just don't believe it's just my cosplays I'd like to believe it's my personality and it's just I try to talk to as many people as I can so yeah 
Yeah, you know what's funny is that uh, this day and age, um, especially with social media the way it is, yeah, you know, you need someone like that. And uh, you always been a person, a positive person, you know, just by first meeting you because I'm a good reader of people, and <laughs> you know, so even with interviews, I can tell like their mannerisms or you know they're not really a crowd type person or if they are a crowd type person, you know, and you know with your cosplay. You know, I noticed that's that's where that's where your most of your joy comes from because it kind of like it just it just comes out. It really is. Um, at first, in the beginning, when I first started cosplaying, I actually did a recent post on this because I just not many people knew. But in the beginning, it was not easy at all. There, of course, there were friends quotations who wouldn't really accept me. They didn't really know what cosplay was. They weren't big anime fans like I was. So I had to hide who I was because I was so afraid of what people would think of me. And my family wasn't very supporting at first. But of course, it took time for people to adapt. And sooner or later, I met people like you at cons who were very accepting, very kind, and just very awesome. And I'm more than grateful. And today, I just have so many people who support me that keep me going no matter what. So... It's it's it just takes a lot of time and patience and just a strong will and you just got to tell yourself it's gonna be okay. It's just do what you love. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very very true. Uh, one thing I always notice at conventions because even though I go to these conventions here, I I enjoy the cosplayers a little bit more than I do like the voice actors or celebrities that may be there. I I completely agree with you. I've met right. some of the nicest people at cons, including yourself. Yeah, it's it's so funny because they put so much work into their costumes and the way to show it off at these conventions, especially Friday and Saturday and Sunday. You usually that's how the cons usually go. Sometimes Thursday if they do a, a big one, and you know some people have multiple costumes. Like they would probably wear it like the first half of the day, then they switch up, and then. On Saturday, they do something else. And, you know, uh, I think the first convention I went to was Bonsai Con. It was a couple of years ago. And this guy actually switched into three costumes. Wow. Yeah, he did, like, three personas. And he was, like, back to back to back to back. His last one was Jack Sparrow. And he had Jack Sparrow down to a T. Like, he, he had the, the drunken mannerisms and, you know, just talking like Johnny Depp. And it was, like, a few other guys that were dressing like pirates, too. So it, it was pretty awesome to see. And and you are absolutely right. You know, with cosplayers back then, you know, because I'm 33, so we didn't have Crunchyroll or Hulu or Funimation, you know, stuff like that. So if you missed the anime show, you missed the anime show, you know. <laughs> and because usually I put it like this, um, I was first introduced to anime because uh, they had an anime block on Sci-Fi Channel, believe it or not. Wow. And Tenchi Muyo in Love was like one of the first anime movies I've seen. And, of course, then Akira kind of like follow suit and then Ninja Scroll and all that. And I, even as a kid back then, I knew something was different about this style of animation versus the normal Saturday morning cartoons that I usually watch, you know, back in the day, like mm-hmm. X-Men, Spider-Man and stuff like that. So I like hmm, I like this stuff. So then Ronin Warriors showed up and then Dragon Ball Z showed up because Dragon Ball Z was originally on UPN, which is not a CW network. Yeah. And it only lasted for a few episodes and the, the dub voices was horrid. It was horrible. <laughs> so, but <laughs> as a kid, though, it's like, it's pretty cool 
And then Toonami picked it up, and then, you know, the rest is history. Then mm-hmm. it comes the streaming services, you know, Netflix, Crunchyroll, and everything else. So um, I'll say for the generation now, they are, are more exposed to anime versus how I was exposed back then because you literally have to, like, record on a VCR tape or have to go to, like, this jockey and buy, like, the rare anime movies or anime shows that's not televised and, you know, stuff like that. So, like, with you, what was your first anime? What, you know, what kind of got you into anime as a well? whole? Um, well, at first, like, I didn't really know what anime was at the time. Like, literally, mm-hmm. I was really, really young. It was my older sister. My older sister, I don't really know if she's into anime now, but back then she was into Sailor Moon. She, um, we had one that was called Princess Tutu. It was a really, it's an older one, but it was, the storyline was really confusing at the time, but I actually rewatched it recently. And now I kind of understand. And I was just like, wow, that's actually really cool. But, um, Princess Tutu was one we would sit down and watch together. Then we sit down and watch a few episodes of Black Butler. And then uh, Triple Exaholic. I don't know if you know what that one was, but that was a yeah. more older shoujo style. But mm-hmm. uh, that was definitely, I'd have to say, my very first one we actually got into. And at the time, I still didn't know what anime was until my neighbor, she was a little bit older than me, but she'd invite me over. She'd be like, hey, check this out. Do you know what this is? I was like, oh, no. And she'd show me more anime. And just at the time, I just kept getting more and more into it. And I completely agree with you. Like, I'm not that old now, but for personal reasons, I don't share that information. Um, I like to keep private life and, like, my cosplay life separate. But yeah. um, still, as when I was younger, there's, compared to now, there's definitely a big like more variety the animation styles are changing there's all types of different styles of anime so many more genres there's just so many more options to choose from now than there was back then and it's just so awesome that i get to see the progression in it and but i can only imagine for you like <laughs> the difference it was well it, with me i i was there you know when anime wasn't as popular if you watched anime it's kind of like looked at yeah. like a weird person mm-hmm. you know but now I watched it grow you know from what it was then to what it is now and it's almost like the same individuals kind of look at you kind of weird by watching anime mm-hmm. you kind of see those same individuals at those conventions now so it, you know like wait, back in the day you didn't like anime man. what, what happened to you but, you know stuff like that <laughs> and it if you, it's a billion dollar type of industry. Yeah. You know, Netflix, you know, invested, you know, billions of dollars in anime. It's like dropping an anime movie or series every week. Yeah. And because they're trying to compete with Crunchyroll. I think they just released a new anime uh, series today. Uh, Violet Ever- Evergarden, Evergreen. Yes. Um, that anime is actually on the top list in Japan. If not, is the number one anime as of right now. I took a really? look at it. Yeah. I uh, I took a look at it with a friend because it seemed very interesting. And um, I actually take a Japanese class because I'm very interested in, like, visiting Japan one day and seeing what it's like down there. But mm-hmm. um, my uh, teacher, she uh, was like, yeah, let's talk about anime. And I was like, oh, cool. My teacher likes anime. That's awesome. And she's like, Violet Evergarden is actually the most popular one in Japan right now. It's at the top of the list. And I actually see it getting quite popular with a few of my friends now. So it's growing. And. I'm going to have to check it out. She kind of, have you seen a uh, Fate's Day? 
Yes. I with Fate Stay, uh I know with uh a few interviews ago, a few episodes ago rather, uh I was explaining that that's probably the most beautiful animation I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Um I watched one on Netflix. I didn't quite understand it. I'm still like going through it and I'm rewatching it. And I also heard there's like older versions, but uh do you know the character Saber? Yeah. Yeah, uh, King Arthur. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, Queen Arthur, rather. <laughs> yeah, she um she looks very similar to the main character in Violet Evergarden. I uh I caught that when we were uh, looking at some pictures, but they they look very similar. And the animation of Violet Evergarden is actually gorgeous. I think it's very crisp. It's very clean. It's new. So I'm I'm gonna have to check it out and tell you more about it. But as of now, it's number one in Japan. So and it's making its way here. Yeah, I, um, I kind of watched, read some of the caption of it. I think uh, after she was a, a war survivor, I'm thinking, and they gave her a job as a letter writer, but she doesn't talk much, and it looks more or less like a drama type of anime mm-hmm. versus like action and stuff like that. So, um, it's one of those sit down. I'm gonna sit here and watch like every nook and cranny of this episode, mm-hmm. like uh. <laughs> So with Fate, the Fate series, uh, I'm thinking you're talking about Fate Apocrypha. That, that's what you're looking at on Netflix? I think so, yeah. Okay, okay. That's the one with uh, uh, Joan of Arc and Vlada Impale on yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I think Fate Stay Night, It. I think you can start with that. And then you got Fate Stay Unlimited Blade, uh, Blade Works, if I'm not mistaken. That's on Netflix, too. So most of the Fate Stay series is actually on Netflix. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to check it out because I know, like, when I watched that one, I was a bit confused in what was going on, and that's when my friends were like, oh, no, you can't do that. There's other ones. You need to watch those first. And then I was just, <laughs> I was like, oh, I got to figure this out. The same thing with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I guess I started on the wrong one, but I'm definitely into that. So I have to figure out where everything is at. Yeah, extra long, extra long anime. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what was your, like, the, the title, what's the, your first anime that you've seen that kind of say, you know what, I'm going to keep watching this? Oh, the one that got me going, I'd have to say Orin High School Orin High School Host Club. That was one I was like, this is just way better than regular TV, like television. <laughs> <laughs> My mother is totally into the reality TV shows, you know, they're cussing and they're like, oh, what's going on? Drama this, drama that. And I just or, like, just, um, I'm just not very big on, like, dramatic television shows. I was always more of, like, the children's movie, cartoons kind of things. Not saying anime's a cartoon. That is, like, a pet peeve. But <laughs> um, when, anim- when I was introduced into anime, I was like, this is a really, like, good mix of just anim- the animation style. It keeps you, like, drawn in with the colors, the characters. It has such a good storyline. Like, this is better TV than, like, what I see on TV. And I was just... I just, uh, I loved it. The characters, the storyline, everything to it. Or in High School Host Club was definitely had that bit of romance I was into at the time. The comedy. I loved the characters. I just loved, like, the expressions they had. And, yeah, that definitely kicked it off. And then right after that, it was just, uh, I kind of just watched what was on Netflix because I didn't really know about, like, where to watch anime and stuff like that. But, um uh-huh. uh, after I watched everything on Netflix, that's kind of was like, I need more. <laughs> so, but one anime I, I'd have to say I was most committed to is Fairy Tale. That is one I 
took me two years to finish. I had watched everything of, and after Fairy Tale, I just I kept going and going and haven't stopped since. <laughs> you know, speaking of Fairy Tale, I heard they was going to do a new season of that. I am so excited. Ooh. I heard rumors. I heard rumors. I, I, you know, I knew you was a fairy tale fan because I seen your cosplay. I was like, hmm, yeah, she's a fairy tale fan. I like it. And and I was in uh, Korea a couple of years ago, and and I was sitting there. I was at a bar, right? And this guy came up, and he had a tattoo on his shoulder. And I looked. And I'm like, is that a fairy tale tattoo? Oh. And he was like. He was like, "Yes, it is." I like, "Oh, all right." Then we know we started talking about anime and all this other stuff. And um, in Suwon, Korea, there's an uh, arcade called Star Wars Arcade, and it's like the traditional arcade with the stools, and you sit down to play. Yeah. Yeah. So I sat there all day. Twenty bucks will last you all day in that arcade. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So all day long Saturday, I was playing like SNK games, like retro stuff, Tekken Seven, and all that other stuff. So. But I digress. But uh, like with you, when I first met you, you had on Son Goku's costume for Nanbaka. Oh, one of my favorites, yeah. Um, Nanbaka was definitely an anime that was different from anything I had seen. The colors, the characters, it was very um bright, I would say. It was just very out there, and I loved it so much. And not to mention that it was the one of the first animes I had seen where it just wasn't like the typical, like, it just had characters of different colors, if you'd understand what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't just the Japanese-styled characters. They had characters from, like, America, England, and it was just it was just so cool. And, like, it just showed that if someone is insecure about cosplaying because of the skin color, even though they shouldn't be, anyone is able to cosplay no matter the skin color. <laughs> Non-Baka is definitely one of those animes anybody could do. And I loved, I loved it. I was just the storyline, the characters, the colors, everything about it just made me so happy. And Simon Goku called out to me because he's little like I am. That's one thing with growing to cons and cosplaying is I'm very insecure about cosplaying taller characters because I am very short. But he was short. He was, like, hot-tempered. And I just, I loved everything about him. And I was just like, this is a character I want to become. And, of course, that's what happened. And that's how we met at Bonsai Con. <laughs> yeah. And I would say that's... That's probably like the best Son Goku, Son Goku outfit I've seen because he looked just like him. And I was like, and I, I, when I saw you, I'm like, okay, that character looks familiar. And, you know, I probably was like skimming through anime because sometimes I go through anime overload and I watch so much that I just forget oh, yeah. what show is what. <laughs> so, and then when you told me about it, I'm like, okay, I know I skimmed across this on Funimation. So that's when I started watching. I haven't finished it because, um, uh, Something else caught my attention because Crunchyroll today, I don't, I don't know if you noticed or not, but they released a lot of new anime, like uh, the long-awaited Megalobox. They uh, released that today. Uh, Gundam, Bill Divers, uh, Dances with the Dragons. Man, I have to check those out. And that's another one, too, that, that got released. Oh, uh, Space Battleship Teramisu. <laughs> I have to check those out. Um... As you said, I use Funimation. I, mm-hmm. I, I think it's easy. I love, like, um, I, I don't know if I have a preference over subbed over dubbed because I watch both, but uh, Funimation's definitely something that uh, 
is worth paying for. It has tons of variety of anime, definitely the popular ones, and it's dubbed. Crunchyroll, I haven't been on in a while, but now that you're saying they're releasing some new stuff, I'm going to definitely have to check that out. Yeah, because some stuff that's out transitions over to Funimation, but they do it much later because Mm -hmm. I guess it takes time for the production company to to put the dub voices in there for Funimation. But uh, like Overlord, like Overlord oh. uh, has a gate, has a kind of like a gap between Funimation and Crunchyroll. Like anytime a new episode comes out on, on Overlord, it's like once a week. But you more likely not get that brand new episode on Funimation. Yeah. But it may be two or three episodes behind. Yeah. Um, Overlord is definitely one of my favorites as well. But um. I don't think I've ever watched it in the subbed version because I do watch it on Funimation and I think the voice actors are absolutely amazing. Albedo is one of my favorite characters. So uh-huh. I'm a few episodes behind since Funimation's released them. I'll have to catch up on it. But um, as for Crunchyroll, I think there's only a few that I've actually seen because I'm not a, I'm a very impatient person when it comes to anime and I get slightly irritated by the advertisements. But um, when I get some money in, I, I'm going to definitely get that membership and check Crunchyroll out now that you're saying they're releasing some more anime because I, I want to see some of the newer styles. I want to see some of the new stuff. Yeah, I think right now Megalobox probably be my favorite one. Even though it's only one episode out, it's just uh, the animation is like gritty. Mm-hmm. And but the premise of it is it's more or less a, a sports anime, but it's about boxing. It's about this guy. Um, off the first episode, he's like throwing fights, but he knows how to fight. And you know that movie Real Steel with you, Jackman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so think on that aspect, but they're in the boxing ring, but they wear these like cybernetic like type of uh, frames on their arms to enhance their boxing. So, basically, there's this big tournament that's coming up, and I'm guessing he's going to enter. But the way the first episode kind of ends is, like, he's about to fight this top guy. And it's kind of like, oh, man, I can't wait to the next episode. Because you kind of, like, it kind of had you at the edge of your seat. Like, man, just hurry up and fight. You know, that type of thing. Yeah, I love those. So, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm real vested in that. And Space Battleship Tiramisu is a comedy. It, it, it's. I'm thinking it's like 30, 30 minutes, but it's like only six minutes long. <laughs> and I was like, "Wait a minute, that's the whole episode?" You know, because you know he's a ace pilot. You know, he uh, pilots this mech, but he's always uh, obsessed with this certain type of Japanese food. But it's like uh, I think it's fried, but it's on a <laughs> stick. I forgot what you call it. And it, he like he loves the cockpit. He's like, this is. It's his uh, privacy area, and he compares it up to being inside his mom's womb. He's like, I'm safe here, and this, that, and the third. And oh, that's <laughs> So, like, you know, it, it's pretty funny. It, it's pretty funny. You know, of course, then Gundam Bill Divers is a different take on Gundam. You know, 14-year-old kids go to this school. He's joining this uh, gunplay club where he buys a Gundam model. And he puts it together, and he actually goes into the world where he actually pilots the Gundam in this tournament. Wow! So it's it, it's a, it's a different spin. But uh, so what what animes are you watching now? Um, as of right now, there are a few that I'm very very into. As I said, there's Overlord. I got to get myself back on that. Um, 
I've actually, The Ancient Magus Bride is one of my absolute favorites as of right now. I love the, um, the storyline's very interesting, but it's not just that. It's one of those animes where they take, um, real legends and real, like, myths and stories and they put them into these characters where you're just like oh my god that character design that's a that would be a very complex character to cosplay like i am very much looking forward to someone to go all out for one of these cosplays because the characters are just that complex and just so interesting like the um fairy queen urza in fairy tale she's this scarlet haired beast woman that i absolutely love but in the ancient magus bride Urza, the fairy queen, is this elegant, long black hair um, fairy queen. And it's just so interesting to see the similarities and just see the differences and the myths being brought to life into these anime characters. I love Elias, he, his character, and slowly finding out his story, seeing the difference between the characters in the beginning to the end and their emotions change. The Ancient Magus Bride is something I definitely recommend. Um... I'm waiting for season three of My Hero Academia to come out, which is supposed to be coming out this month. And it's so excited. I love My Hero Academia. Um, The You're a Nice movie is supposed to be coming out, so I'm still looking forward to that. And have you seen Bungo Stray Dogs? I started. I I watched the first episode, and I liked it. It is absolutely amazing and movie supposed to be coming out called dead apple i believe and there's also a season two in the beginning of season two the first several episodes is actually the backstory of dazai one of the main characters from bungo stray dogs and <clears throat> finishing up season two right now and it's just it as always it keeps me on the edge of my seat like i don't know what's going to happen i don't know what to expect because there's just so many surprises and i you get to find out more about the port mafia and the other characters and so yeah, those are a few that I'm still invested in and I'm catching up on. Then there's there's several animes that I'm I need to check out from friends being like you need to watch it. Um Full Metal Alchemist, I'd never seen before, so I'm starting that. There's an older one called Tiger and Bunny. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Yeah. Yeah, I started that one and I think it's really really cool, so I'm trying to uh, catch up on that. But uh yeah, that's that's about it for now. Okay. Okay. So, um, I know Ancient Magus Bride. You know, I haven't seen that. So, can you kind of like give an in-depth like synopsis with Ancient Magus Bride for Alyssa that never seen it? Well, the Ancient Magus Bride is about this girl named Chise, and we don't really know much about her except in the beginning she is about to kill herself. And Uh well, before she does so, we this guy comes along and tells her hey, why would you throw your life away? You're very valuable. And this is what gets you thinking like, whoa, where did he come from? What's happening? Who is she? All of a sudden, she's getting sold off. And that's when you find out she's a sleigh beggy. And I've done some research on a sleigh beggy and nothing's really come up. So I'm guessing this is a term they made up. But um, a sleigh beggy in the anime is someone who can just draw mythical creatures towards them. They're like a queen bee in a way. That's what they used to describe her quite often. She's a queen bee. So she gets sold off into this auction that's full of other mystical creatures. And the person that comes and buys her is this great mage called Elias. Now, Elias doesn't have a human face at all. He just has this big bone head. And he's very intimidating and scary looking. But he takes Chisei in. And it's just from there, just many adventures happen. And you see the progression of Chisei 
coming from this very dark place where she wanted to kill herself where she was alone nobody really liked her because she could see things other people couldn't and you just see how happier she becomes and how more stronger she becomes because Elias takes her in and tells her you're going to become my apprentice I'm going to teach you how to become a mage but sooner or later we find out that he's actually taking her in to be his bride and what is also very interesting is I didn't really know until like further on that Elias is kind of like a child in a way. He's very mature, very intimidating, comes off very strong, but he doesn't really know much about humans or emotions. So the characters are learning off of each other. And it's just so cool to see all the characters. There's action, there's comedy, there's a bit of romance, and it's just it, it has everything. And I definitely recommend you watch it. Yeah, I heard a lot of good things about <clears throat> Age of Magus Bride. Uh, that was one of those ones that's kind of been sticking out there. Um, now I know Nabaka. That's like that's one of your favorites. Oh, so yeah. for the listeners out there, uh, what do you have for that? For Nabaka, <laughs> if you're in, if you're one of those people who love just a bright anime full of colors and just interesting characters but also love a good storyline and just love comedy non-baka is the anime for you it's one of those animes where you're kind of like confused in the beginning it takes a slow start but it's it's more of an introduction to these characters first you meet um the uh, four main characters i believe i can't Mm -hmm. i think it's rock nico uh jugo and um i can't think of the other the guy's name the the flirty one <laughs> but oh, um, yeah the Campbell's. yeah number 11 <laughs> number 11 he's a uh, you just see them try to escape from this prison non-baka and non-baka is one of the most known prisons kind of in the middle of nowhere just out in the ocean for being like one of the best prisons no one's ever escaped from however they put four of the greatest escape artists in one cell as prison mates and the anime starts off with them trying to escape but of course they get caught and that's kind of the basic of the anime of them trying to escape or get caught but then that's when uh the story starts picking up and you're finding out this backstory of jugo and like you see these other characters coming along and finding out that jugo is actually a mix of a how do i I don't even know how to say it like uh not really a cyborg but he he's a mix of this weird thing and it's just crazy because at first it's like one of those animes where you think it's kind of just like you know you know you talk about just the five minute episode anime Mm -hmm. well i've seen other ones like that where it was just five minutes and they're kind of just like little like kind of like little comics you see throughout um a magazine or a newspaper just little comics at first it's kind of what you think non-baka is like the episodes are just little adventures they're doing but then it soon turns into the story and you're just you kind of get drawn in and you want to find out more about these characters and it's like not just the main characters even the side characters have these backstories and you're just like whoa <laughs> so like saman goku in the beginning i did not think he was going to be like i thought he was just a cute little side character but we don't find out till later that he actually plays a big part in everything and it's really cool to see that so if you're someone who's into comedy who's into colorful animes that's one for you definitely recommend it oh yeah definitely um the second season definitely picked up you know oh, pretty yeah. quick you know the first season is like more comedic and lately i know in the past couple of weeks like I'm the type of person, and me and you are very similar in this aspect. I, I get very impatient with anime, too. Oh, yeah. So I, I went ahead <laughs> and, and got the premium for Crunchyroll so I don't have to deal with the ads. And 
with Nabaka, dep- depending what mood I'm in, that's what genre of anime that I'm actually going to try to look at. Oh, yeah. And, you know, two weeks ago, I was kind of like into like the prison style of anime. So I know watching uh, Dead Man Wonderland finally mm-hmm. and finishing that up because that was pretty quick because that was like 12 episodes. And then uh, I seen prison school like uh, <laughs> <laughs> a few months ago. And it, it's been a while since I left that anime, like hourly laugh. Tears. <laughs> Yeah, like tears laughing, and it's like, oh, yeah, this this is like comedy gold right here. You're like yeah, about guys that's the only guys in the girls' school, and they got caught, you know, being peeping toms, and they go to this prison, and you got all these uh, female prison guards all around, and you know they're trying to have the one guy escape so he can go, finally go out on a date, yeah. and <laughs> so the the best, I think, the best thing was when. Um, I forgot the guy with the glasses name. There oh. was there was in class, <laughs> and it's so funny to me because how he reacts to things, and and he said, "All right, man, I'm making a sacrifice for you so you can go, so you can leave." You're like, "What you talking about, dude?" You're like, "Don't worry about it." He said, "I'm gonna just sacrifice my life, <laughs> you know, just do what you got to do on this date at my expense." And I, I was like crying, laughing, man. I, it it was so funny to me. I. I- yeah, so you've seen Prison School. Oh, yeah. It was it was something. It was definitely one of those animes that had my jaw dropped for, like, three episodes. And I was just tears in my eyes. Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, it's like you can't stop watching it. You're like, I'm going to have to finish this. Yeah, it was, it was very good. Uh, and then I know a few weeks before that, I was kind of, like, into detective-type anime, like, mystery-type stuff. So, oh, yeah. um Gothic. Gothic was one of the animes I've seen. You ever heard of that one? Uh, no, I haven't heard of that one. Well, it's this, uh, it's this school, right? And there's this uh, female that she kind of stays to herself. And whenever like the investigation team have an issue, they can't solve this mystery or can't solve this murder or whatever, they go to her. And she's like a little girl, and she had this pipe. Like, she's uh, this uh, corncob pipe, like Sherlock Holmes type. Mm-hmm. And she has her own garden. She has her own room. So you got to go all the way upstairs in the library to actually go see her. So she's kind of, like, isolated from everybody else. So, and she has a she has a brother that's part of the investigation team. But when she solves the problem, she solves it within, like, minutes. Mm-hmm. And the brother takes credit for it. Like, he solves the issue. And then... um the protagonist is a kid and they go on, they go places together and stuff like that. And he takes offense to the brother, you know, taking credit for the mysteries that she solves. Um, I, I haven't really finished it, but it's a really good animator. Um, for detective animes, I'm, I kind of like those, but if I do get into it, I actually have to sit down and pay attention to it. But, um, yeah, I have you ever, uh, you have Funimation, right? Yeah. On Funimation, there's an anime called Ghost Hunt. That was one I watched. It was part of my childhood that I absolutely loved. It, it has the detective creepy style to it. It's about um this girl, and she uh she kind of makes a mistake in me. I don't remember what exactly happens because uh, it was it's been a while, but I rewatched it a couple months ago. But uh she uh accidentally hurts this one guy, so she ends up working for him. Not 
soon figuring out he actually owns this company of ghost hunters and he's very very good at his job and you just follow along with them through each episode of these kind of dark stories and they get creepier as they go along and it's it's one that always creeps me out um one of my favorite episodes was about an orphanage and they were just it was just i don't want to spoil it or anything just in case you do watch it but it was just very creepy with me and it, it's just it actually kind of gets your emotions in a in a mess of it there but if you're into detective ish kind of animes i definitely recommend ghost hunt it's a bit older but the voice acting is really good the animation's really good and the storyline is definitely really good and it gets creepier every episode and it actually pulls stories from real life sometimes like do you know the story of the winchester house vaguely uh, it's about basically long story short a woman who was saying she was cursed or her family was cursed and she was scared that that these ghosts were going to come get her so she kept adding on to her house so her house was basically a maze full of dead ends um rooms with nothing in them etc and there's actually an episode in ghost hunt about this mansion of this guy vladimir was his name he was a serial killer which is also what happened is a story from reality and kind of had um they had an episode almost like the winchester house where this woman kept batting onto her house and it was just it's just something i definitely recommend it's really good um as for another detective one black butler is kind of has that dark detective-ish kind of story but then a few seasons along and like they have a they have season one season two book of murder book of circus book of atlantic and it's kind of I'm still confused by it, no matter how many times I watch it. And I think I've been told that the anime themselves, like the way it's come out, is mixed up and jumbled. So um, <clears throat> that's definitely, season one was definitely a detective-ish kind of style where they were solving mysteries. So if you love that kind of stuff, I recommend Black Butler too. Yeah, I started watching Black Butler, <clears throat> and uh, especially with the kid and... And of course, the butler. Of course, they have it kind of mix of comedy and action, and the butler oh, yeah. is mysterious. So, and I and I, and I like that aspect. It kind of reminds me of Helsing, but a, a lot of version of it, mm-hmm. in in a sense. So, uh, yeah, I have started watching that uh, a few months ago. Actually, and I I think uh, Black Butler's on Netflix still, right? Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I figured that. So. Is it season one, season two, Book of Murder first, Book of Circus, and then Book of Atlantic? Um, that's the thing that I'm confused about because when you watch season, you watch season one, and you're like, okay, you didn't, you don't really think it has a story to it at first. Well, it does, but it doesn't. And uh, how do how do I say it? Um, it's like you think at first when it starts off, it's kind of just like they're solving mysteries. That's what the episode is going to be about. And when the episodes keep going, you find out there's actually a story to this because you're wondering why. Why is this kid so mature? Why is he by himself? And then it soon tells you. Then you find out he's made a contract with this demon. And then season two was a bit different. I don't exactly know where it picked up at. It really confused me because they brought new characters along. But I'm I'm not dissing Black Butler. I love Black Butler. But after that, I think one that came out first was, um, I think it was Book of Circus, then Book of Murder. And then Book of Atlantic. Book of Atlantic was the most recent one that came out that actually that was mind blowing to me. That um, I had to watch it in sub though because I don't know if there's a dub version out. But Book of Atlantic was a cool mix of zombies and Black Butler, and it was just you. It was amazing. 
So uh, I'm, as I said, I'm still confused on like what the true story is because uh, the manga has so much more as always. The manga always has more detail and more story to it. But I've been told that the anime, the way it's come out is jumbled up and seasons need to come before other seasons. So yeah, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really know which one you should start on, but I also think it doesn't really matter, but it's all up to you. Awesome. Awesome. So in your opinion, what would be in your vast library of anime watching <laughs> and anime that you have? What would be your top five anime? Ooh, top five anime. Ooh, this is gonna be so hard. I've seen I've honestly anime is all I watch besides YouTube now. But um <laughs> Fairy Tale. Okay. Very nice. Um top five. Ooh. The Ancient Magus Bride. My Hero Academia. And I'm gonna have to pull this one out there. Double Man Crybaby. Wow. <clears throat> wow. Devil Man Crybaby. Have you heard of that one or seen that one? You know, uh, I've seen Devil Man um, because it's an older anime from back in the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I've seen some of Devil Man Crybaby, especially the first episode. And I was like, what the heck? And I was like, and, you know, but I wasn't really surprised because, you know, it's, it's Devil Man. So, and. Um, <laughs> I laugh every time. To be completely honest with you. I am definitely not a person who's a fan of anime that has gore or, like, a lot of sexual content. I'm not a big fan of that whatsoever. But Devilman Crybaby was definitely one of those animes where, where I started and I couldn't stop. It was... It has a more realistic style to it. It's anime, but it's very realistic. It, it pulls a lot of today's century into it. It pulls a lot of today's society into it. And that's what I love about it. I love its message. I love how how just how realistic it was despite all the gore and like you know this sexual content the story and just how very realistic it was it pulled like you know the weapons and it pulled how humanity would fall due to fear and doubt and stuff i just i loved it and then the ending was just mind-blowing i i won't lie i was left for in a weird state for like a, a week i couldn't watch any other anime i was just so hung up over the ending you haven't finished it right i have not finished it i recommend you watch it try just if you it, i'm not gonna force you to but i recommend you watch it till the end you will be mind blown every person i've shown this anime to has come back to me just like malice what i i don't even know like what to do like how to live this is just crazy i will say now it is much different from the older Devil Man. I didn't watch the older Devil Man, but I did. After I watched Devil Man Crybaby, I did a lot of research on it because the characters and the storyline. I was just like, "How did someone come up with this?" And I, I won't lie, the old Devil Man is now a meme ever since the new Devil Man came out. But um, the old Devil Man was more focused on Akira, Akira Fudo, the main character, and his story. But what people don't realize, the new Devil Man Crybaby is more focused on Rio, Rio Asuka. And I'm not going to spoil it for you, but let's just say if Rio hadn't pushed away, he didn't really push away Akira, but if he hadn't refused to accept love that people tried to offer him, the ending they had wouldn't have happened. And I'm just saying, if you really want a good, twisting, shocking, just mind-blowing anime, Devil Man Crybaby, 
the ending will completely just <laughs> explosion. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I, well, I'm gonna put that on the list. So Please. you said <laughs> you said fairy tale, Yuri on Ice, Ancient Magus Bride. Uh, what was the fourth one? Uh, My Hero Academia. And Devilman Crybaby. Yep. Those would have to be my top five. And you know what? I was asked this question by uh, Jeannie Munson. She's like the CEO of Plot Twist Publishing. So Mm -hmm. uh, two episodes ago, I actually had uh, a talk with her. And the way me and her were actually talking to each other, it it was more or less her interviewing me versus the other way around. (laughs) She was kind of really, really feeling me out. We were feeling each other out. So she was like, name five characters you can identify yourself with. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask somebody else that question. So, name five characters you can identify yourself with. It don't necessarily have to be anime, but if it is, you know, it is what it is. My first one I can automatically think of is Izuku Midoriya Deku from My Hero Academia. I relate to him a lot, not just by the hair, the big, poofy, messy hair, but he just, he really called out to me because when I was younger, I had a really, really tough childhood, and it was just... I had dreams that people told me I could never achieve, no matter how hard I tried. And it was just the set, the first episode automatically just had me thinking. And I just was like, I really hope this character gets to go far. And I I absolutely relate to Deku in every way of the hardships of people telling you, you can't, you're not going to achieve your dreams because you're too small or you're just not eligible to. But he was able to achieve his dreams and I just loved him. Um, My second character, I'd have to say... I'd say CL Phantom Hive from his little height but intimidating stature. I have my times where I'm a very outgoing, I'm a very positive person, but at times if I need to be, I can be very much more mature than what I need to be. I can be very intimidating only when it's like need to be when it's serious. So I'd say CL Phantom Hive. Um, Yuri Katsuki. I loved Yuri Katsuki. He was immediately, right off the bat, first episode, like Izuku Midoriya. He was a character I could relate to with putting himself down in the beginning, believing he couldn't do it, that it was just time to give up and just just completely stop. But, but yeah, he was definitely a character I relate to. I loved Yuri Katsuki. And uh, that's three, right? <laughs> See, uh, <coughs> Deku and Yuri... Yeah, that's it. That is three. That is three. Um, number four. Number four. Um, Tokyo Ghoul. Have you seen Tokyo Ghoul? Yes. Not in entirety, but I heard a new season is out. And I heard oh, the first episode yes. of the new season was fire. Oh, I have not watched it, but Tokyo Ghoul, Re, I am so hyped. I need to watch it. That is definitely on the list. But Kaneki. Kaneki, um, he was a character that I kind of was like, it was iffy at first. I didn't really like him in the beginning. But then the more I watched him, the more he kind of reminded me of myself. He was just very... He was just someone who, despite all his hardships, he still kept pushing through life, even though he was constantly reminded of how good his life might have not been. And then all that stuff went down of how he was turned into a ghoul. And he just kind of wanted to just fall in and give up so yeah as i said a lot most of the characters i'm choosing are characters who were in the slump who was just pitiful in the beginning and just very put down and just 
couldn't do anything, but in the end came out as very strong and powerful characters. And that's kind of how I see myself. And for my final character, that's where I'm going to bring in Chisei. I just, I love Chisei, everything about her. In the beginning, as she just, she was very in a bad place, but then you see her through the episodes progress and just make friends and make family. And despite Elias being the scary character he is, she she's not afraid of him because he was there for her. So yeah, those have to be my characters. Deku, Ciel, um, Yuri, Kaneki, and Chisei. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I, now, with me, I would say my top five anime will be... Hmm, it will be Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> it's a cliche. But... Um, Yu Yu Hakusho, and I slightly put Yu Yu Hakusho above that. Mm-hmm. Something about that that animation or that anime style just kind of grabbed me, and it wasn't like a traditional fighting anime where they had to depend on one guy to save everybody. Yeah, everybody brought something to the table. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, he a being my favorite character, but. Uh, other than Yusuke. And then I will say watch it all. Outlaw Star. Um, I watched Outlaw Star before Cowboy Bebop. And I think that's why I'm more partial to Outlaw Star than, than anything else. So Yu Yu Hakusho, Dragon Ball Z, Outlaw Star. Fourth one. Hmm. In its entirety. I'll say Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I've heard that one's good. Yeah, that's really good. Brotherhood is really good. And I mean, I anime stayed true to the manga. It did. So, you know, because you got Full Metal Alchemist. Um, that's kind of like the first series or whatever, but it was missing a, a good bit of pivotal characters. Mm-hmm. And then Full Metal Brotherhood had pretty much the pivotal characters in it. Ooh. It took a slight turn, and Brotherhood had an actual ending to it. So, um, I would definitely say uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and the fifth one. Oh, so many! I know it's so hard. Hmm. If I see myself watching it again, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think here. Possibly Bleach. Ooh. Bleach is a good one. I started Bleach and I got around to episode 80, 88-ish and I kind of stopped because it's definitely one of those animes where it's, I'm not going to say it's boring, but it, it slows down after a bit, but then it picks back up and then it slows down and then it picks back up and it slows down. So it's an anime you definitely would have to be committed to, <laughs> but I stopped. I, I'd have to get back into it. I really liked it. Well, I stopped after a certain series. Like, I'll stop after... Uh, wait a minute. How far are you into Bleach? Uh, episode 80, 88. It was kind of when the snake people came along. They were like... Uh, they were... Uh, they could control these, like, snakes, and they kind of had these weird powers. And they were... Uh, it was not like... They were vampire snakeish people. It was really weird. I don't even know how to explain them. But it was... Yeah, it was around episode 80, 88. So I'm not even that far into Bleach from how many episodes there are. Yeah, it's, it's a couple of fillers you got to stay away from. It's like uh, the bounce. Uh, that 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 wasn't a good story arc. Uh, uh, the new captain Amage, 
I'm a guy. Uh, stay away from that one. Um, anything when they talk about the hollows and Wakamundo and stuff like that, you stick to that style. They, you know, anytime it goes off the reservation, you feel like it's going to the left, and you skip across that story arc, and it <laughs> going straight going straight into it. It's kind of it don't have as many fillers as Naruto. Now that I say that, that uh, anime popped in my head, and I like the animation. It was something different. Soul Eater. I put Soul Eater in place of Bleach. Soul, I put Soul, Eater. Soul Eater is definitely one of those animes you'll always remember. Like, mm-hmm. its style is really, really unique. Its storyline is super unique. I've never seen an anime yet that was close to it. And it was just definitely an anime that called out to you. If you're someone who's into the darker, creepier styles, Soul Eater is the one to go. Yeah, and Black Star is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, he's hilarious. Him and Death the Kid with his OCD. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> you know, I, I I got into the anime like after the third episode, you know, because it was about Death the Kid because it was doing that prolo. Mm-hmm. He was in the, the dungeon and then he just stops. And he was like, you know what? The toilet paper is not even. Yes, I... <laughs> Cried. I love him so much. He's definitely a cosplay in the future, along with Soul. I definitely want to do them in the future. Yeah, I mean notable mentions. Well, I would say Trigun, uh, notable mention. Uh, Murder, Murder Princess. Uh, that's a notable mention. You ever seen that? I actually had that in my list. I've scrolled through it a few times, and I was like, "This seems interesting," and I added it to my list. I, I'll need to check it out. I would say watch that today because you can finish that today because it's only six episodes. Really? Yeah, but it, it finished in like six episodes, six or seven or eight, but it's single digits. I know that, but you will want more of it because basically the first episode starts off like action packed, like mm-hmm. it starts off that way. Um, there's this princess that. There's a coup d'etat that's going on at the kingdom. And basically, the princess is is supposed to get murdered, pretty much. And so she escapes, and she runs across this female bounty hunter that's actually hunting down a golem in the forest. So, But the bounty hunter ha- actually have two friends that is actually from another civilization, like it's from another world. Yeah. So basically, she runs into her, they falls down. They fall down this cliff, but something happens where they switch bodies. <laughs> so the princess that is all proper is in the bounty hunter's outfit, and the bounty hunter that is brash and in your face is in the princess's outfit. And so she's basically saying, "Hey, you're strong. I I can't leave my, you know, my family there to die." So she actually kicks the door down, and they're thinking that it's the princess, and they're looking to kill her, but she's carrying around this sword, and she starts hacking and slashing all over the place. And it's like, this can't be the princess. This can't be her. You know, because she's like, his nails. Here's the name, Murder Princess. That is great. I'm definitely gonna check that out. It kind of reminds me of, um, is this a zombie? Have you heard of that one? Yeah. 
it is hilarious i haven't finished it but it's about this guy and kind of in the beginning he's just like a, you think he's an average kid normal normal until he goes oh yeah by the way i'm a zombie and he gets hit by this car and it is immediately just sets you off like what the heck and all of a sudden he comes home to this cute lowly kind of cute looking girl who's a necromancer who doesn't really talk and then a bunch of other stuff happens where he comes across this magical fighting girl and next thing you know she can't transform into her she can't transform into her outfit her magical girl outfit and the guy ends up transforming into it so he has to beat these monsters while transforming into like like cross-dressing and it's absolutely hilarious i love it but my kind of like honorable mention anime is have you heard of yona of the dawn i heard the name it is a very it's more historical it's definitely of old it's a new anime but its storyline is based off like historical times of princes and princesses and kings and betrayal and legends that people believed were to be true it ha- it actually has an oracle in it as well it is an anime i recommend to both i'd say it's it's more leaning towards the the female crowd but not hating us the guys the guys could definitely watch it for the action the comedy <clears throat> the romance but uh it's about this princess named yona who's very very spoiled you see her as very uh, not really bratty but very spoiled she's a typical princess but um her father and the man she uh, she has two childhood friends um hawk he's the general then you have her other friend who's kind of like a i think he's either a nobleman or a prince kind of but uh, she's in love with the more princey kind of guy but uh, she walks to her father one night on her birthday and witnesses her love, the her childhood friend, murdering her father. And she has to escape the castle before he tries to murder her. But you kind of see him waver. He doesn't really want to. So her and a hawk escape. And um, it's just the adventures of them. And they come across an oracle who tells them they need to find these dragons. And each dragon holds a power, like a... One person has the dragon leg, one person has the dragon claw, someone has the dragon um eyes, and she's the red dragon, the one that controls all of them. So she's trying to get all the dragons together to take back her kingdom and find out why her childhood friend and love of her life murdered her father. So it's it's a really, really good comedy, romance, action. It has everything. I love it. The characters are really good. The animation's great. I recommend that one, too. Awesome. Now, do you watch uh, like food anime, like Food Wars and stuff like that? I started Food Wars and that the roast he made on episode one, I have actually saved a video to try to make it myself because I was so interested. Food Wars, <laughs> it's interesting. I loved it. It was, I, I, I need to finish it actually. It was great. Yeah, it, it's really, really good. Uh, especially the first episode kind of had me hooked because. Well, I watched it while I was hungry. That's 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 the first mistake. <laughs> so I was like, ah, man, I really can go for some Asian food right now. And so you know, just just sitting there watching it because the stuff that he cooks or the other chefs cook, you know, those are actual recipes. So it's like, oh, I can Google this and you know, look it up and you know, whatever. You know, it obviously it's not going to look as pretty as what it is. Right. Animation wise, but I like oh that's good. And there's there's another food type anime. Uh, I forgot the name of it. Uh, I think maybe Restaurant of the Irregular World or something like that, where it's this chef that is voiced by Chris Abbott, 
which, you know, does Vegeta voiceovers and Cobra Bar and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a chef, so he runs this restaurant. And so um, with his restaurant, it's a gateway to other worlds, like other dimensions. So these beings or elves or dragons or whatever, they come to his restaurant to actually eat for a day or two, and then they'll leave. And, you know, through this other world, it's just a door. There's no building. It's just a door. You just go through the door, and then you automatically go to his restaurant. So so there's this dragon that she takes human form, and you can still tell that she's dragon, but she's very, uh, like, voluptuous type. So she basically reduces herself down to human form. She was like, yeah, I need to get my uh, food. So I need to go to this restaurant. And she goes to this restaurant. And whether you bad, good, or indifferent, that restaurant is like Switzerland. (laughs) They, They go just to eat. No fights go on. They just enjoy the food. And then they go back out there and then do whatever they're going to do. This so really interesting. Yeah, I, I can't remember the name of that anime. I, I once I find the name, I, I would definitely send you a message because I know you would enjoy it because it's one of those those feel good type animes. Definitely, it sounds really good. Yeah, it's it's really really good. It's like they think about this food or this certain dish makes them get out of the funk that they're in. Like this one king, he was depressed and this, that, and the third, and and he had like a dish that the chef made, and it kind of like reminded him of a happier time, and he kind of got out of that funk, and he was forever and consistently out of that funk, so now he just goes to that restaurant on the regular. Hmm. Yeah, so it's, it has some psychological elements to it. So, uh, do you have like an anime that kind of like traumatized you? Okay, <laughs> there was quite a few. Um, pr- prison school was sort of one. That one was like, oh my god, <laughs> definitely won't forget that. Devil Man Crybaby definitely left a huge impact on me. Even to this day, it still gives me chills down my spine of how it ended and like everything that happened within it. Have you seen Shiki? Uh, is it any Yashiki? Mm, I believe so. I I don't know. It's it's an older one on Funimation, and it was about these vampire demons-ish. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. It is on Funimation. It's an older one, but I definitely recommend it to you. Just be, don't watch it in the dark. That's all I have to say. It, it's, <laughs> it, is, it is very creepy. It is very dark. The ending was very sad. Um, speaking of sad, this one wasn't a scary traumatized but Clanid. Clanid was one I had watched at a young age and it completely destroyed me. To this day, I refuse to watch it. It's just so heartbreakingly sad. It is um about this guy who kind of just thinks the li- life is boring. There's nothing to entertain him. But then he comes across this really weird girl. And um, have you seen your lie in April? I have not. Oh. I can't. Your Lie in April is, is one that had a very sad ending to it that everyone kind of knows about, but Clanid is worse. It was just so heartbreaking, and 
how realistic it was it it left me in tears for days and I just when I think about it I kind of want to start crying but it was it was just so sad I don't really want to spoil it for anyone who does watch it but it was just you can't I wouldn't really get like Devilman Crybaby don't get attached to anyone don't get attached to the main characters or anybody you think it's just a normal kind of high school you just follow along with high school lives but as they become adults some really sad and tragic realistic stuff happens and it just it it traumatized me and it it kind of still leaves me really shaken this day so those those are a few that definitely just like woo. i will say you know what i'm thinking about here's the anime i would recommend you to watch two anime today murder princess and chrono crusade if you haven't seen it oh murder princess and chrono crusade i'll write that down right now because that's actually on Funimation, both of those. I will write that down, and I will definitely check it out. The uh, Crusade is about this. Uh, the main character is Rosette Christopher, mm-hmm. and she's part of this holy order. that basically nuns, but they hunt down devils and demons. So um, her sidekick is Chrono. Chrono is an actual devil. So Chrono... Uh, can kind of like smell a devil, can feel the devils around, this, that, and the third, and and Rosette is very trigger happy, so <laughs> so she carries around this handgun that uh, that has these bullets, like these spirit bullets or whatever that got holy water in it. Yeah, is a perverted scientist that always makes bullets for her, and he always kind of like look up on her dress or try to do it at least. Mm-hmm. But it is it has all the elements. It has action in it. It has drama in it. Has a little bit of romance in it, and it just without me spoiling it for you, it's it's something to see. Now, for me, the anime that traumatized me would be I wouldn't say traumatized, but it it had a lot of shock factor to it. It was a comedy good kill. Oh, everyone talks about that. I have not seen it, but I, all my friends, whenever they talk about it, they just like either start tearing up or they're just like it destroyed my life like very over dramatic about it but uh I'll, I'll have to check that out everyone said it was super super sad and it was super just mind-blowing yeah it's i think it's one scene and i'm pretty sure when you ask your friends about it you know without them telling you the character's name that you know the main character was looking for this person, you know, just looking for him, and then it just saw someone's head on a pike. Just and it did a close-up shot of it, and it's like one of those characters that you didn't expect to have the head just posted <laughs> on a pike. I was like, oh my god! Like, like literally, I felt some kind of way about it because I'm like, oh man, that that's just so unconventional. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't like that, then you would not like Devil Man Crybaby towards the last episodes. Yeah, I was like, that's so unconventional. But I, I know I seen anime that had like the main character or something like that die. Not saying that the main character dies in a comic you kill, but I've seen a few of those. It was really upsetting. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh. And then there was a there was another one that I wouldn't say it had me shot, but it kind of had me pissed off in a sense because it, it happened early on. And Claymore. And I watched Claymore, right? And 
the main character is like this uh, short hair blonde. Mm-hmm. But there's this lady, they call her Teresa of the Faint Smile or something like that. And she's like this, this badass female. Like, you know, it takes like multiple people to fight her, you know, that type of thing. And she goes away cheaply, like a very cheap way to go. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't watch the rest of this anymore. I can't I can't watch the rest of this anime. It took I literally stopped watching the anime for about two weeks before I actually picked it back up again to actually finish it. Because you know how anime is, you know, if something happens to someone, maybe they'll come back later. Yes. So I was like, okay, maybe this will happen. And, you know, she never showed back up. So I was like, ah. That uh, was how I was with Double Man Crybaby in Fairy Tale, where I was just so mad I stopped, but then came back to it. Now, I hate to keep going back to Double Man Crybaby, but as I said, I really recommend it to you because it is one of those animes you never expect the ending. And it just left you either heartbroken and shocked. It left you, it left me, I won't lie, depressed. Like, I was just, I, I went throughout my day like a zombie thinking about it. But it is one of those animes, too, like in the later episodes, you cannot get attached to anybody. You cannot. It, it definitely broke the bounds of mature. It's way past mature. It, it, uh, Netflix took it to the next level. Let's say that. They definitely took it to a way higher level of gore and just showing things and um, it it is the best Netflix original. I have to say that they they did good with the storyline. But it just telling you now, if you watch it, I will. If you do watch it, I expect a message of you being like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> but um, it just don't get attached to anybody and prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Be ready, and don't. I mean, you can watch it alone. Just make sure you have, like, some lights on and you're, like, cozy and you're, like, you're somewhat in the good mood, not, like, sad, because it will destroy you. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, what's funny is that I heard that Devil May Cry Baby, I heard a lot of good things about it. Like, they couldn't wait for the next season or, or you know, I heard a lot of good things. I haven't heard anything bad about it at all, because I watched, like, the first two episodes. Isn't it, like, 12 episodes long? Yes. Okay, so I know I can finish that today. So I'm gonna watch the rest of that today because I watched all the most of the new anime today. Um, lately, I'm kind of getting into Gundam for whatever reason, but um, I definitely gonna finish Devil Man Cry Baby. If you do, or if you have any questions, I would love to like just like message me your response. I love hearing the responses from people who are gonna finish it. <laughs> like a, a good feeling like you've seen a real really good anime no i haven't seen it yet and you're like you know what just message me in responses just let me know how you feel about that but it, it, that's a good feeling though but it's um I, I would definitely recommend for you is uh murder princess because that's only six episodes and chrono crusade i think that's 24 yep wrote it down i'll definitely check it out today so it gets more serious later um especially when you meet ion when Ion first shows up, then that's when stuff's business picks up a little bit quicker and um, on, on that aspect of things. Because Rosette is actually is looking for her brother, Joshua. So Joshua went missing because I think a devil took him. Mm-hmm. 
And so basically, she's looking for Joshua. She's trying to find hints and clues about Joshua. And there's a lot of bi- well, actually, there's I would say eighty percent of biblical references in it. You know, like they might have a scene from like Revelation or something like that, like a uh, like with Ion when he first showed up or whatever. You haven't, you didn't see him, but you knew something was happening. Yes, it was like uh, rain, but it was blood, but it was hail. Mm. So. It was like, uh, but it was like stone size. So like uh, the guy was kind of walking around and it was started raining and then he just pretty much got his head caved in because, you know, it was raining. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm excited. It sounds really good. I have it written down right here and I'll, I'll watch it today and I'll let you know what I think of it. Yeah, it's really, really, really good. So uh, the next convention you're going to be at, which, which convention are you going to go to next? It's uh, An Amazement in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I believe it's May 25th to the 27th, I believe, or the 24th to the 27th. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, how many conventions do you normally go to, like, by year? Do you? Actually, uh, um, 2017, towards the end, was the first time I've ever... I went to, like, little Comic-Cons around here, but my real actual anime convention was when I met you at Bonsai Con, uh, 2017. But it, it was the one towards uh, the end of the year-ish. But um, then I went to Ichiban Con. That was my second one that was pretty big. That was an actual hotel. I stayed in the hotel building that time. It was really, really fun. I got to meet some internet friends. And those are the only two I've ever really been to. But, uh... I'm plan. I'm definitely planning to go to way more. I I just love going to the meeting people. It's it's my favorite part, honestly. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Ichibakon was the one I went to too. I know we was messaging each other back and forth, and yeah, and I, we just kind of like hit and miss each other. Yeah, I showed. It was a bit. We only really go two days, but uh, I showed up a bit later than usual. Then we had problems with our hotel room. They had given it away to somebody else, so we had to find another hotel room, and it was. It was just awful. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. But I know um, at Amazement, that's going to be a good time. I, I heard about that convention, actually. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, just like I was telling our listeners, you know, a few episodes ago that I would actually be at Savannah MegaCon the second weekend of May, and then Memorial Day weekend, I'll be at MomoCon because it's going to be a huge, huge deal in Atlanta, especially with the Capcom concert. Mm-hmm video games you got so many voices that's going to be there you know so many cosplayers over that four day span i'm gonna have to check it out it sounds really cool yeah yeah that that's one of the i would say compared to conventions that you've been to in the past that's probably the biggest one you actually will go to that's exciting that just means more cosplayers and more fun people to meet there you go and more instagram followers yep yep <laughs> so but to our listeners out here King Miles will be a regular for Orange Phoenix. So be on the lookout for her. If you need any advice on cosplay, she is one of the individuals to actually talk to. Um, is it okay for, you know, guys and gals to inbox you about cosplay advice? Of course. I love talking to everyone and I love giving advice. It's It just means so much to me that people even come to me to ask in the first place. So if you guys ever need help, if you ever need anything, by all means, I'm open. Right, and King King Miles is not very hard to find, especially on social media. It's just King Miles. It's K-I-N-G-M-A-L-U-S. You know, I'm curious. Where did you get the name King Miles from? A lot of people have asked me that. Um, The part King actually came from a very uplifting song by Lauren uh, Quayla or Aqualina, 
and the lyrics in it um just really whenever i was really sad whenever i was really upset it was just very very uplifting and it just basically said you it first it just starts off really sad and stuff and it just tells you you're alone and stuff like that but then it tells you you're not alone you're only feeling alone because you're focusing on the negative stuff in life you're not focusing on what you have and then it tells you no matter what you can be a king again and it just it just was very uplifting that song has helped me through so much stuff so I was like okay king and malice was kind of a name I used for everything like any kind of social media I'd be like oh you can call me malice however malice in latin means bad i swear i'm not bad i'm good don't worry but (laughs) um malice in latin means bad but malice just kind of was a name that grew on me because um before i did cosplay i was huge into writing and malice was the name i just went by and it was just i don't know i just the name called out to me in a way and it was just it just very suiting for me and then king malice came to be and then people i was going to change it at some point but people decided to come up with this thing like, you got this malice, we're your knights, don't worry, we're always here to support you. And I was just like, I loved that, how they came together and came up with that. So I was like, King Mouse it is, and King Mouse it will always be. Yes, yes, don't ever change that name, King <laughs> Mouse, because that, that's something unique, and I don't know anyone else that actually carries that name. And when I see King Miles on social media, I know exactly who it is. I'm like, oh, I know who that is. <laughs> I mean, but now I know you know you now. So I mean, like I said, you know, to the listeners out there, she is part of the Orange Phoenix family. So just like you hear from me and Rick, you know, you will hear from me and Kim Malice, especially when it talks to anime, you know, because I know we talk about a lot of good anime, but there's some terrible anime out there too. Oh, so yeah. yeah, you know, we'll try to tell you which ones to avoid. <laughs> You know, any of that type of stuff. So, um, and you know, we, me and her may have different tastes in anime. So, what I may not like, she may like, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's always a pleasure to have you, Kane Miles. I'm glad to finally have you on the show I'm and so looking forward happy. to have you in the future. Of course. I'm so happy. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed our conversations. Oh, as always, as always. And again, you can follow Kane Miles at King Malice at Instagram, and she has the Linkly on her bio. Yep. Thank you guys so much. I, I'm just so happy. I'm so excited, too. I got some great animes to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So do I. I got to finish Devil Man Cry Baby and then send you a message and let you know how that goes. Oh, yes. And I'll send you a message of how I think of Murder Princess. Awesome. Until next time. Yep. Thank you so much again. I appreciate it. No problem. podcast you just heard was recorded with anchor if you want to make your own download the android or ios app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast that's anchor.fm slash podcast